Walking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm here with Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, and Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner. Today we're here to talk about the 14th episode of the seventh season of Fear the Walking Dead titled Divine Providence. Before we continue, <laughs> I'd like to talk about our sponsor, Phineas Coffee. Phineas Coffee is top tier specialty grade coffee. Ground to your specifications, roasted on the day of your order, and delivered to you all across the nation for a pretty neat price. It is great coffee. We just got a new order in today. And by the way, it comes in, and I I didn't mention this all throughout our last few spots, but like it comes in and you can smell the coffee wrapped in a bag outside bubble wrap and you smell all the different blends from the outside you know it's roasted to order you know it's handled by people who have coffee on their hands they've been roasting (laughs) it the day of again it's top tier coffee delivered to your door and squawking dead fans listeners aficionados can get their bags for 10 percent off when they use a promo code squawking dead at checkout and squawking dead will get a dollar for each bag that you order so bundle up and help us out and level up your coffee game. And as always, you should be following us on ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead because lately we've been opening our conversations, the ability to join us in the real-time chat as we record to the general public. All you need to know is when we do that. And the only way you're going to know is if you head over to ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead and just follow us. And when you do, you'll get notified via email or Chrome browser notifications, should you choose. And you're off to the races with us in the chat, guiding how this episode proceeds. Let's talk about overall impressions of this episode, because we've had a lot to say about this show in general in the last two episodes. I like Rachel's just like, I'm feeling a little embarrassed right now. Maybe. I don't know. More than a little <laughs> you're bit. St- you started to shrink like Jasmine right now. You're like, well, I've said a lot of things and past few episodes and I'm not quite proud of and I want to say hi hello <laughs> okay before we even get off to the races on this one would it be fair to say that this episode does a little bit of redeeming at least in terms of how we've been moving in this back half of episodes and I want to start with Sharon D first so that Rachel can collect herself from the floor <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I mean something happened in this episode we didn't just stand and wander around the desert and shit like it was actually forward progress i've made no secret of the fact that i've had issues with the second half of the season not just you <laughs> i didn't like this episode on first watch but on rewatch i really did i told rachel i'm, I'm gonna have to stop watching the show first thing <laughs> in the morning when i get up because i think i'm just really irritable and uh you know i just i just hate everything immediately <laughs> I still had a few issues, but aren't there all I even yeah. I had a few issues, but only in terms of does this make sense for this character kind of thing. But yeah. on the note of like being irritable in the morning, I'm realizing that myself just forget about fear for a second. I wake up and already there are slack messages from work and I'm just so irritable so that my boss says good morning. I'm like, what, what's so good about it? What's yeah, what's so great about this morning? Huh? You tell me, like, I'm like picking a fight for no reason. He said, good morning. <laughs> what am I doing? So yes, don't do that. If you're anything like me, don't watch this episode first thing in the morning. Probably better off staying up till three. <laughs> no, you're, I, no, you're not. Man. I, I get up and like, I'm, I sit here and I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, God, this is so stupid. Oh, I hate this. Why are they doing that? Oh my God. What? Uh Where's June? Why? Why are they showing Strand again? What is with? Oh, I'm like, it's like, I'm like, I've got to stop. I've got to stop doing it because I just, I just hate everything. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, Morning. you know this episode on second watch is not bad actually. It's actually kind of good. Yeah, I really, I really did, I really did like it yeah. on second and and third watch. I gotta say, having not been doing the Dave reacts because I tend to do them so last minute. Having the week to digest this episode and really trying to, my brain is still trying to make connections between all the other episodes. And I know, I know, I know I'm going to miss some, even after having talked with you. But this episode is a, has a lot of connective tissue, first of all, to the first episode of the season, The Beacon. But then all throughout the season, even on the back half, everything everybody does is so connected to what's coming near the end, what's, what we're all climaxing towards. Whereas last episode, I had concerns, even if it's not the thing or maybe quite the thing I would have hoped for to wrap everything up. We're heading into a space where everything makes a lot more sense. Why things were done in such a way, at least for me. Despite all of my negativity that I've been carrying through the the back half here, I have also paired that with me saying I I trust the writers. If it doesn't make sense to me right now, I trust what they're doing, that they're going to put all the pieces together. And by the end of the season, we're going to go... Okay, okay. Now my frustration makes sense. And I had to be frustrated to get through it to get to the end. And now it's all worth it. And I think we're starting to see the beginning steps of that in this episode. (sighs) It came a little later in the season than I wanted it to, but at least it's finally happening. Some of the things we've been saying in the last few episodes is that it has been trending upward, but like Mm -hmm. inch by inch. Would you say this episode was more of a leap or like a a leapfrog? If the rest of the episodes were like tripping and falling forward, this one was like a a normal step forward. And by the end of the episode, I found myself actually wanting to know what happens next. I I can't remember feeling that way in 7B so far. Like, oh my gosh, except for, uh, I guess, the exception being Charlie. Like, I, that's just sort of always in the back of my mind. Like, what's going to happen with Charlie? The anthology style episode style filming of these episodes makes it so that you have a beginning middle and end for that specific story but right. this so we have we're, we're no moving away idea what's ha- going to happen in the next episode exactly this time yeah. we saw everybody and so it's like oh man it could go any direction i'll also say that this episode is m- more of a uh, anthology style episode than even the last one and yet yeah and yeah i would agree right because it's really just focused focused yep on mm-hmm. alicia and saran's journey through the tower let's say yeah. And then, whereas the last episode was like, Alicia and Morgan here, a lot of Dwight and Sherry here, but it's still like, it's still kind of like still anthology style. This one was, okay, this is a Definitely. bottle episode. Yeah. This is a bottle episode, guys. Right. Five, and five and I actually liked it. Yep. Good job. Good job. They, they did very well. It can be done, <laughs> folks. Man done well. So naturally, because it's a bottle episode, there's the temptation to dive into this episode linearly. I want to take it back to the beacon just for a little bit, because what I had said to you guys before we got on is if you have time to watch the beacon casually, no note taking if, if you can help it and just watch for the feel of that episode. One of the first things that I noticed was, again, as we had broken down for that episode, is the stark realization because they had to bring you to where our characters could be feeling, let's say, in this world that has been wrought by Teddy. And that is Will traversing the wilderness and everything is hard and, and the walkers are dangerous and now people are stripping the dead and, and it's tough. It's really, really hard out there. You jump to this episode and it's Victor Strand, carefree. He's got the shaving cream, the oldie, old-timey shaving cream he's putting on. He's like, <laughs> life is grand. Life is divine. And he's shaving his... Because he can. He can shave his beard. What? What's the big deal? There's time to shave. Whatever. 
everything he ever needed in this tower is really here. He doesn't have to go anywhere. It's like he said in the first episode, why go outside? Everything I need is right here. What a stark difference between this episode and the first episode, how it starts out and how it finishes. And by the end of this episode, what happens? The tower is on fire, <laughs> which is whatever. Not good. It's not great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that very thing that was everything he ever needed to survive is one of the things we've been talking about a lot recently is like, yes, it's very important to survive. Minimal. And he really does have everything he needs and he really shouldn't have to do anything else. And everything is grand here as long as he continues the trend of sacrificing anybody or everyone that he could love for the purposes of survival. But then the question needs to be asked, what is the point of surviving if you're alone or if you have no one to survive with? Is survival the most paramount thing that one needs? Surviving is not living. I I guess that depends on the person because I'm sure there are some people who are absolutely perfectly fine just surviving. But then there are people who need the society and the well, the companionship and the, you know, the love. But there are some people that don't. They'll mm-hmm. be perfectly fine without it. But in terms of this episode, it seems like, and maybe we can talk about that first. It seems like Victor is not one of those people. Like maybe he thought he could be. And maybe he was trending in that direction. But he, even when you have to force ma- baby Mo to love you or teach her that that's the only, that's your father, right? Or something like that. That that's, you're supposed to love your father, right? Intrinsically. And show her that this is the way and oh i'm gonna uh, make you love me and even him doing that in a desperate attempt to have somebody love him maybe not alicia and when that fails when baby mo's taken away he falls back to the the alicia plan so let me ask the question did victor do all this for alicia's sake kind of like he says back in lawton in the beginning of season six welcome to the club do you think all of this was meant to be for alicia or be to be prepared for alicia no simple answer no or is that the cover story I think Strand believes his own bullshit, but I don't. I think everything Strand does is for Strand. Now, if we're going back to wanting a connection, wanting that human connection or whatever, like Sharon, said, it depends on the person, but I do see someone like Strand wanting an audience at least around to say, you know, good job, look what you've done, Strand. Because if it's just him, boosting his own ego that doesn't feel as good as when you have someone else saying oh look what a great job you're doing and for strand i think it means more coming from alicia if alicia were to say good job strand i'm proud of what you did here it would mean more than a whole tower full of strangers but to say i did this for you i'm not buying it does strand love really love alicia (laughs) (laughs) sorry that's a tough one that's That's tough to answer. The closest emotion Strand has to love, I think he feels for Alicia. But I don't know that Strand himself is capable. Because to love someone, I mean, that means something. You don't just be like, oh, I love you. When you love and care about somebody, that it means something more than just words. And I don't see his actions showing love, if that makes sense. So the strongest emotion Strand has for another person, yes, I do think he feels that for Alicia. I don't know if I would call it love. I don't know that his original plan was to make all this to give to Alicia at the end of the day. He kind of says it in this episode, but still. I think he created it to show Alicia, not created it for her. He created it to show Alicia. For like an attaboy? To show Alicia what what he could do, what he was capable of what he could create and as to if he loves her we know from strand himself that he he and his dad you know his dad didn't 
pay any attention to him. Mm-hmm. I've never heard him talk about his mom. So, I mean, we could probably assume that he maybe didn't get a lot of love and attention as a child. So maybe, like, in his case, he doesn't know what love is. It's kind of sad because, like, maybe this whole thing is just because he has this emotion that is love, but he doesn't know how to express it because he never had it himself. He wants to show Alicia that he loves her and cares for her, but he doesn't know how to express that because he's never had it. If you grow up in an environment like that where you don't get love and attention, then you grow up thinking that you don't deserve it. So even when you do get it, you don't know what to do with it because you think that you don't- Or you reject it, maybe. not really, right, or you reject it. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I know Strand has had relationships and such, but I'm sure even in those relationships, he didn't feel like he deserved any kind of happiness and probably sabotaged it. Cole's a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. And what's his name? Uh, Griselda's son. I, I forget his name. Thomas. Thomas. Tom. Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. Thomas. 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 Yeah. So, um, Abigail. I feel it, it's sad, really, overall, that um, Strand doesn't know how to express his feelings and himself it manifests in just making the most terrible decision. So wait. Mm-hmm. So hold on a second. I think the question begs to be asked in some ways or in any way, do you feel bad for Strand? Cause I asked this yeah. question because of the first episode and what it was is when I said, I still feel bad for Strand. Everybody's like, what? He's the bad guy. Everybody. What are you doing, Dave? What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for Strand having psychological issues is hard in the regular world. So I can imagine how difficult it is in a post-apocalyptic apocalyptic world the stakes are so much higher yeah as evidenced by wes i can be sympathetic towards strand but still hold him responsible for all of his actions it is sad that he never felt proper love from anyone because everyone should feel loved by somebody well i don't know he might have felt true love from thomas they seemed the way he talked about him anyway like a stable relationship except on Strand's end. We're talking about that sabotage. Here's someone who truly loves him and he's gonna fuck it up somehow because he doesn't deserve it or you know whatever his mental state is at the time. I can say I feel bad that he's never been loved, but that doesn't justify what you're doing, man. Yeah, and so just to take the Thomas Abigail comparison to him and Alicia, he and Thomas's relationship was built on a lie, whereas his and Alicia's relationship, the foundations were kind of rocky at first but he was always honest about who he was for the most part not now i'm just saying back then he always fessed up he always admitted you know i did this because of that i would do things because Mm. of this and this is how my life was up until the apocalypse happened so their relationship was was more built on trying to be real with one another and yet he's twisting it now i want to say i don't think he's doing it to be right necessarily I think he needed to double down to prove to himself, this is kind of like something you said, Rachel, that he wasn't wrong about what he needed to do at Lawton. Mm. And mm-hmm. he just kept going. And he just kept going. And he just kept going. Mm-hmm. Now, who does that sound like? A lot of people that we've seen on this show. It sounds like John Dory Sr. For how many, how many decades he was away from his son, Daniel, for however long he was in the CIA. Sounds like Ginny, too. Yes. Yes, Rachel. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and with the added bonus of Victor and Ginny doing the same exact thing, keeping Dakota under lock and key. Now, this is why I was so worried about baby Mo in the tower. And I couldn't articulate until I finally saw this episode. I was like, holy shit, what does that sound like? I'm going to keep you here so that nobody can get to you so that I can be your father. Well, your father, whatever. And Ginny, I could be your mother, Dakota, without knowing that I'm your mother. <laughs> and nobody else will love you but me. And this is all for you. This is always... Lawton has always been about you, Dakota, but what 
is it worth if you twist the person for whom you're, you're doing all this for into something like a monster, let's say, or in all of this, all you're doing is making her reject you. And this is John Dory Sr.'s warning to Victor about baby Mo, but that is more of a warning for him and Alicia. You're doing all of this in service, perhaps, let's say, for Alicia. Let's just assume that it's for, you know, we know that it's for himself. I think we can all agree that he's doing this for himself to prove that everything that he's tried to do until now was right for the group, let's say, but it got away from him. He just kept doubling down and saying, if, if I'm wrong, then what was all this for? Right. If I'm wrong. So he keeps doubling down. He keeps doubling down. At the end of the day, he is realizing that I think just like Howard, he does. He never finds out. Howard, Howard is got a mercy. He never finds out. And he, he dies thinking, well, there's a chance that they're alive. So in a, in a way, Howard gets a mercy. But with Alicia, it's like there's a timetable here, bro. I'm dying. There's no forcing me to love you. There's no time for me to understand what you're trying to do. There's no time for me to appreciate your thinking. I'm dying. This is it for me. So all of this is for nothing. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. It's mm-hmm. over. Whether it's because you're trying to prove yourself right, whether it's if you're doing this all for Alicia, which is what I like about this episode. We built all of this, this whole story, this whole anthologized story around the idea, maybe it's Victor, maybe it's for Alicia, maybe it's for a legacy, maybe, but no, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. We know what the truth is. And we knew what the truth was from the first episode, too of this season, plus Lawton. He said, love is why settlements fail. And Wes is, is that voice just echoing from the past, telling him, fuck you, dude. <laughs> I, I heard what you said. <laughs> and you, you're going to be the downfall. Wes says letting Alicia into the tower will bring the tower down. And he's absolutely right, because yep. it does. Just not in the way that he thought it would. But it still yeah. makes him right. <laughs> Which is still oh, Victor absolutely. saying it to himself, in a sense. It's Victor's voice. It's just advanced ventriloquism. Okay. It's just, he has, what Victor has Wes's hand up his ass and he left it there. Apparently, I, I don't know. And it's a walker hand. So he's repeating the things he said in the past. Ooh, yeah. Gross. Right. Well, you know, poor Wes. He's got it on all ends, including his poor back end. <laughs> this episode is kind of like a spiritual sequel to The Beacon, in a sense, because he lays out exactly the pitfalls of what having Alicia at the tower would do. And the victor of the first episode says, yeah, she'll never be here. What I interpreted from that, from watching this episode is she'll never be in this tower because I'm going to have to do so much to make it so that she only loves me or only sees me and what I've done for everyone in this place. I can't be wrong. Sending you away wasn't, wasn't a wrong move. Doing what I had to do wasn't the wrong move. And it's funny, like we talked about how Daniel having lied to Charlie in Welcome to the Club was the genesis of his memory loss, let's say. And it could still be true, even after watching this episode. But just like that, the genesis of what Victor does in this season is from that episode, Welcome to the Club. These guys are playing the long game, or at least using everything to create a whole narrative out of one decision. And that was him saying, I have to send you away so I can do awful things so that everybody can be safe. Whether that's true or not, or whether that shakes out that way or not, I think the intention's there, but... When you do awful things in service of your friends, you don't know what other monsters you're going to create, as we've seen in season six and seven. He created the monster Howard, because by the end, Howard was a monster. And I believe that that came from maybe he felt like Victor gave him permission to be that way. Yeah. And when Rachel, when you were saying he was Victor still doing despicable things for which he should be held accountable, I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, like like Howard. 
yeah. from the episode from Sunny Boy. Victor, Howard, Shadow, Shadow, partner, partner. And yet he, Victor is so bad that he takes that and he throws it off a roof. <laughs> I hope now people stop trying to be Strand's right-hand man because that clearly is not ending well for anyone. Just let him do it on its own. Especially Wes. We all liked Wes. More or less. I liked, I liked Wes. I liked him. I mean, I was neutral like him, I guess. He kind of <laughs> did a severe 180. He flipped a U-turn like Kim did at the end of the last episode. Like, <laughs> Better call Saul. <laughs> Directly yeah. the yeah, other way. I get Wes's perspective. Now, I mean, not like trying to take over the tower or whatever, like what he's doing to Strand, but I get why he left our group and is confused. I just see this poor kid in his head going, I don't know what the fuck to think anymore. I mean, especially when Alicia gets to the tower and Strand's pouring the drinks and Alicia's like, I saved your life. And Strand's like, yeah, well, I did too. And Wes is like, eh, who do I owe my life to? Fight it out. Still the same old Wes. <laughs> he says it. <laughs> he like. says it very, very casually. But on the inside, I would be like torn apart, right? Like, yes, these are two people who you pretty much owe your life to. And they're at odds with each other. Where would that leave you? Where would your loyalties lie? I couldn't imagine how torn he feels. But I feel like he's to him, the choice is fairly simple. Don't you think? Right. Well, he, after like, he's after the last episode, after he saw what Lucy did. Yeah. He, his decision was made. He says something so specific, but so, like, if you missed it, it you would not have seen, like, okay, why is Wes, during the middle of the episode, kind of like I predicted, but didn't really want it to happen? Power grab. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it would happen. I just said it to say it. And I was like, well, what if he decides to take the tower for himself? And I didn't think he could do it so fast. That's where I was like, eh, how does he do that so quickly? He did to... Strand's soldiers, exactly what Strand did to Virginia's Rangers, mm -hmm. turned him on his side when he took control. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was put Good in charge God. of the Rangers and he turned him to his side. <laughs> yeah, and Strand yeah. did what Jenny should have. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah but definitely. what was her downfall? What was her downfall? Love. Love. Yeah. Or what mm -hmm. she thought love should look like is mm -hmm. keeping your daughter. Her version. Her version of close it. Yeah. Yeah, at arm's length so she could interact with nobody except for me. <laughs> but it also sounds like Victor in the first, or sorry, actually sounds like Will in the first episode. He says something so specific and it's that, what makes these people follow you? Kind of something that you said, Rachel, more Bridget. Why don't they follow Howard? Why doesn't Howard grab mm. the ring? And you're right, in a sense. Like, what? Why? <laughs> but Howard is really a shadow and chained to the, what... Victor painted is a very interesting picture of what this history, this place could make. I think Victor is also married to that idea as well, but to suit his own aims. It makes sense that they're partners in this up to a point, but then Victor's like, I don't care about anybody. I don't love anybody. So why didn't you listen to me the first time? I'm going to yeet you off that roof as soon as you become <laughs> useless to me. Like you didn't see the signs, which is normal for people. People want to think that when they bring value, people will acquiesce. People don't normally think that when you bring something valuable to the table that you're going to be yeeted up. Well, I mean, just effectively yeeted off a roof, <laughs> you know, or figuratively even. Right. A lot of human nature is give and take, at least to some degree. And occasionally you're not going to appreciate somebody. This is like why we sometimes miss the or Howard definitely misses the fact that, oh, you're not seeing the signs all around you. You know, the second you step out of line or the second you become useless to somebody, you're going to be yeeted. But it does go back to what Will says, like, what does keep everybody from going against you? And Victor even says, 
something the fact you say that is as if that's a bad thing will said they only follow you because they're afraid of what you might do if they step out of line but i do want to go back to wes because wes is kind of has become victor's wet dream in terms of a driving force for this tower but just like we said about potentially dakota until her life gets cut short because she is the living example of what strangle holding somebody looks like you you do all this for survival you do all this for the people that you love just for survival and then and the, at the end of the day, what, what, who you're doing it for turns out to be a monster. Well, then, okay, what was this all for? Wes, mm-hmm. is, Wes is that in spades. He's like Dakota with machine guns, literally, also. I mean, he's the driving force of this tower in body form. He's like, I know, you created me, and now you're going against what you created. I'm not letting you do that. So when we asked the question in the last episode, has this place changed him? I don't think Wes is there anymore in a sense, which gives you kind of a clearer picture as to what his grief turned him into and having the tower enable him to do as a result of that grief. But I was about to tell you what he says. He says something to the effect of when they're talking about who saved whom, he says, she and her friends left me to die in the bunker. And I was like, that doesn't make sense with what I remember. And and then I went back to that final scene before they go away. And if you were, do you remember that scene just before they part ways? I, I didn't go back to rewatch anything, but that line did stick in my head. And I'm trying to remember when he was left behind. Was it in the holding? Yeah. No, when, okay. no, 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 I, no. When, um, they didn't leave him behind. He's talking about when, no, no. He's talking about when Morgan and Alicia led all of the walkers into the bunker and Wes and his men were in there after Alicia. Oh, that's right. And then oh, all right. the walkers right. came in and killed all of Wes's people except for Wes. Oh, okay. More re. Okay, that was more recent. Recent. More recent. Yeah. I was, that was, I was going too. I, I was going too far back. I was too, and okay. that's my bad. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for reminding us. Oh, just the last episode. Yeah. Thank you. Well, okay, but to be f- so, okay, the reason I didn't think of that scene is because, uh, yeah, Wes, you were there to kill them too. You were doing the same thing, so of course they're going to counterattack. And you know what's silly? Every every time. Dwight and Sherry gave him a chance to, to not do the thing that he should do. Kind of, kind of like Victor. You're doubling down on something that you think is the right decision. And you can't step away. You can't because the moment you relent is the moment you're wrong about two things. One, killing your brother wasn't justified. And it's all their fault. It makes you see what you've done and have to grapple with all the nuances. Nah, fuck that. Fuck that. I'm simple like Victor. I'm right. And I want to survive. And what's wrong with that? And it's all your fault. So he doubled down and he doesn't see that his what his grief turned him into, just like Victor. He doesn't see what what he felt like he had to do for his friends, hypothetically, but like in intention. We all have intentions sometimes of doing things where we don't see the underlying current is wrong. Sometimes we think we want to save our friends, but we're not equipped to save our friends. There is so much baggage and you you're not the one to be the hero. Like, I know what you want to do, but can you? You Can you, Victor, without falling into something? I do believe what Victor says. I do believe that, at least initially, let's say with Lawton, I do believe he entered into that thinking, I'm going to do all this for you and the people that we care about. Oh, but yeah. It, I feel like with all his baggage and with all his hangups and like, well, like you were just talking about with what he doesn't know about what it means to love somebody, to love somebody, not to have the feeling, but to how to treat somebody. I think all of it gets warped and twisted. And even he, at some points with all his bluster and with all his intelligence and with all the words that he has, he, even he is too stupid emotionally 
to know what to do when it comes to conflict and his own ego, actually, too, which gets in the way, which I will admit finally. (laughs) Maybe he he wants the love, but he wants to be right more. Or there I could see that playing a tug of war in this episode. And honestly, love looked like it was winning for the majority of this episode until that Mm -hmm. final moment. I I do feel like Victor's instincts when he listens to them are kind of right. When he was at that handle, Alicia even admits that after what you did with Will, I wasn't going to forgive you. (laughs) So you're kind of right. But still, it doesn't change the fact that we need to save these people. I mean, if you know it's over for you, are you going to just do the thing and go for broke and be the bad guy? Or are you just going to take your licks, kind of like Wes should have and given up and wrestle with the fact that he he killed his brother and for probably for the right reasons, according to us. (laughs) I mean, if I remember, wasn't his brother also trying to kill him at the time? Like they, in the they moment. were fighting over a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's funny what you let yourself remember. His brother was also going to kill all of his friends. Mm-hmm. But like, see, that's... they were going to they were going to embalm them. <laughs> they were getting ready to stick a freaking pipe down Elisa's neck. And I think that's why he throws in harder with Strand because you know the Enders. Remember the try of the rhubarb pie? Mm-hmm. He's like, what? <laughs> what? I think those guys are extra, but you're way extra. You need to tone that shit down, Derek. <laughs> so obviously that's a non, that's not happening. Even though he says, I should have thrown in with the Enders. Look, in the end, he went with Victor, which is like, oh, well, somebody that doesn't lie to me. A place that's honest, a place that doesn't try to be something that it's not. It's here. It's there. It's, it exists. It's every fucking where. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. It's like, God. <laughs> but but it, ex- it exists. It's not trying to be something that it isn't. It's here. So let's use it. Let's not, oh, Padre, right? Let's not take everybody. No, it's here for the people that are here now, and that's all that matters. It's not an airy-fairy dream that everybody seems to, like the convoy in season five <laughs> or, or season six, it, uh, them trying to, the dam, the dam settlement. It's not the dam settlement. Oh, it could be this. It could be something awesome. <laughs> it's not there yet. It's not there for everybody just yet. The tower just popped into existence, and it's here. And has resources and it we could just use it for all the people that are here and just call it a day but no alicia gotta come in wreck all my dr- all even these people gotta wreck my dreams like <laughs> i want to sympathize with with wes in some ways but i can't there's that part of me that is repulsed of course i understand him i do but there's that part of me that's just kind of like you need to wrestle with what you did it's awful that you had to kill your brother but there's nothing wrong with with hoping for a better tomorrow i know it's awful out here but these people saved your life. It is awful that he had to kill his brother, but it would have been worse if he let his brother kill him. At least he came out on top in that situation. And like you said, like, I don't understand. Did he forget that Derek was trying to kill him in that moment? Because yeah. he's not bringing that up. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure he has. I'm 100% sure he has. Like, if, if he hadn't done what he did, he'd be dead. There was no joining up. You know, he was he'd probably thinking he was just <laughs> trying to defend himself from me. You know, okay. what, what choice did he have? Or he was brainwashed by Teddy. That wasn't really him. It wasn't his fault. Yeah, he could even it throw that card fault. down. He was brainwashed. Yeah. Now you guys are making me feel for Wes, okay? I don't, see, now I'm Wes. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being serious right now. I'm Wes. I don't want to feel for Wes. I'm, I'm going to openly yeah. admit it. I don't want to feel for him. But at, this, at the end of the day, when you show me all these facts, I'm like, okay, yeah. I really do feel sad for him. And maybe that's where Alicia's at. It's not his fault. Yeah. I see Look, him for I, who he is. I think there are very, very few truly evil, evil people in the world. 
or on shows. So anytime someone is doing something terrible, there's almost always a reason. There's almost always a way to justify it that's not for evil reasons. So like we could justify anything any villain has ever done and, and sympathize with them. Well, like I said, there are very few e truly very evil few. people, and she might be one of them. But uh, but again, again, we don't know her full story. We don't know what her childhood was like. We right. don't know why she is the way she is. What twisted her up and made her evil, exactly. let's just say, right. I mean, we might find out she had a perfectly normal childhood and just turned out this way, or it might be something. Anyway, I digress. Well, before we continue, you should know, if you haven't seen it already, Alpha does get an episode for herself in Tales of the Walking Dead. Nice. Samantha Morton will be back, in case you hadn't yes. heard. Yes. Okay. So I heard a rumor, it. but I'm not oh. letting myself get excited until it actually happens, so. I, I get it. I get it. Even <laughs> though they showed, uh, the AMC officials showed pictures of her production photo, one oh, production oh, photo. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. All Maybe right. it'll be on the screen right now. I That's another know. little notch of excitement for me. Okay. Yeah. I dig yeah. it. Maybe. Yeah. I'm just saying. Hmm. Anyway, they started production in January and wrapped maybe a month ago, I think. Maybe not even. Okay. And so those episodes might be out, I think, are going to be out soon. It might even be out after this. Probably post-fear. Yeah. Which, mm -hmm. okay, can you give us a little break? Can you get a little break? <laughs> break? It's like, What's that? It's like, I don't even get a salary for, for all this. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say how awkward Alicia's arm is. The scene where she swipes Wes in the face and then she runs up to Strand. He has like a full four <laughs> seconds before she gets her arm in position where he could it's have true. pulled his gun or grabbed her other arm or anything. Like, like it is so awkward. Like, all they had to do was make it so she could like bend it and have it right here instead of like her whole arm. Because she runs up and she's like stiff arm right up to his face. And it's like, I mean, it's just so awkward. It was painful to watch. I just had to get that out because it really bothered me during that. <laughs> I was like, this is the clunkiest, slowest fight scene I've ever seen in my life. Like, they could have, like, sped up the film itself and it would have looked a lot better. But, but, then, but then we put Benny, Benny Hill music to it. <laughs> Sing high, all right? I mean, oh, she throws boy. her arm up every time. Sorry. I mean, that's, that's how it looks when know, she throws her arm over there. Yeah. No, it's it so weird. It's hella awkward. But... Hey, it was kind of cool. <laughs> also, and there's some really good fight scenes. I mean, she's a badass. Yeah. I'll give her that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. She's owning it. I'm not right. blaming Alicia. It's just so awkward looking when she uses it. Surely there has to be some better weapon for your arm than that thing. I love how in some shots, both her arms are equal length. And then in other shots, the bone arm is longer than the other arm. And oh, I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when there's an arm there? Yeah, it's, it's in there now. Give her a chainsaw arm like Ash. <laughs> <laughs> and the evil Hell dead. yeah. You know, but that yeah. would make her slower. Okay, Sharon D? So. It'd be heavy. That's true. It, not yeah, but like that a, would be. That would... if it was like a small little one. Like a little, um, what are they? Right, what like those, a mini chainsaw. Oh, like a, a hacksaw? Like a, a oh, jigsaw. okay. Yeah. Okay. The jigsaw. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, but that wouldn't be good for anybody. It was like, what, are you going to trim some hedges? You're not going to... Come on. Hey, it'll, it'll still work on people. Yeah, but it'll be like, ow. What? Get, uh, why'd you, you cut my kill arm? Somebody. You could kill somebody with a jigsaw. Give him a haircut. No. <laughs> I don't know. You want to test it? But, no. <laughs> also, I'd survive the apocalypse. 
No, it wouldn't. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm talking shit right now. He'd be making fun of people with jigsaw arms and then they'd kill him. <laughs> jigsaw arms. <laughs> what are you, you going to do with that? I'm not even afraid of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ow. Give me three more seconds. I'll get to your heart. Okay. <laughs> All right. See? You see what I'm saying? Anyway. I found it really interesting that the title card was Wes. In season six and season seven, generally the title card is the, who the focus of the episode is on. Right. But the fact that they didn't use Strand or Alicia, I found I found interesting that they used Wes instead. I'm not really sure what that is supposed to mean. Unless maybe like for some reason Wes's death is like this huge hinge that something happens because of it or something. I don't know. But I just I just thought it was interesting that it wasn't Alicia or Strand. Or maybe it was because Alicia and Strand were like between the three of them, maybe maybe Wes was. I don't know. I, I know what you're about to say because like, oh, Wes is in the middle of these two yeah. forces, but mm-hmm. he really is. Right, right. I mean, he's the most clear and not flip floppy character in this episode. Mm-hmm. Even Alicia, obviously, in the weapons closet when they're gearing up to fight the rest of the Rangers, Victor says, "You and I were and maybe could still be a team." And she goes, she even she goes, "We'll see." But like Wes is just absolute from the start. Don't be an asshole, Victor. She's your blind spot. Don't do it. I'm the tower. Call me West Tower. That's his name, West Tower. West Tower. Or West, middle name, the, and then Tower. So <laughs> that all of this ended up here. I There's something so cool about the tendrils from each episode that led to this point. Like Luciana lying to Wes makes Wes doubt whether he should have ever killed his brother in service of these people which was something obviously that was done in the last season and the world is so harsh and the stakes are so high. Like you said about the post to post apocalypse apocalypse, that is the nuclear zombie apocalypse that it drove him to Victor and made him regret ever having had to kill his brother. And then the tower twists him into what it needs. Think about all that it took to get him to this point and it works. It works so well. In the last episode, we didn't want it to work. But when you get to this episode, you get it. The special Mm -hmm. sauce that happens in this episode makes it so that you go, oh, he is done with this shit. He's over all of it. And just in Wes fashion, okay? Because like I've said always about Wes, he says it like it is. And he's always said it like it is. But he says it in a way that the audience is also thinking the same thing. What What are you doing? Why with the bony arm? What? It's so (laughs) stupid. He says and he feels perhaps the way the, some of the audience even feels like Victor, don't be stupid. Keep the tower. Fuck these people. I didn't want them to show up in season four anyway. You know, like, <laughs> like do, do you know what I mean? This is what I'm saying. It's like, they're, they're always doing something and it's always stupid. Can't we just survive? That's all I've got left. Okay. Victor. Oh, with the love. Oh, Victor, what are you doing? But I liked that. I liked that it made sense and that some of the audience might actually really resonate with Will. But on that note, do you think Victor had a choice when it came to killing Wes at the end? It's a very tough one. Yeah. Of course. No, I think he had a choice. He had a choice. He didn't have to kill Wes. Be on the alert and be ready, but to just come up and just stab him, he wasn't doing anything aggressive at the moment. He was just standing there listening to Alicia Talking him down. So wait, you, oh, so wait, you guys are both saying that Victor had a choice? Yes, yeah. he did. He did have a choice, but I think, I think, ready? Hold on to your seats. In this case, he made the right one. You think Wes was I too do. far gone to come to come back? 
I think in that I mean, very moment, someone was going to die. Someone. Wes was ready to kill them. And so if it wasn't going to be yeah. Wes, it was going to be either Strand or Alicia. And Alicia probably w- yeah. would have been okay with that, having just said, I'm okay with dying. I'm not afraid to die. Right. I'm not afraid right. to die, and, right. And Strand knows this, and he's not going to let that happen either. So he had to do it before Wes killed Alicia. And you wouldn't either. Right. Given as, as quickly as Wes turned his back on them, how could you ever trust him again? Right. Yeah. Right. That too. But Sharon, do you still think then that again, how could you ever, how could you ever trust Strand, Strand again mm-hmm. here? So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, kind of a catch 22 there. Strand is an way, honest liar though. You can always count on him to lie to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a, that's a mixed bag. Cause wow, that's something I'd have to pick apart, but I will say on first watch, I was on the Strand train on that. I think he made the right choice. Did he have a choice of doing something else? Yes, of course. Yeah. But in instances like that, why take the chance? In the final analysis, looking at Wes throughout this episode and also some prior episodes, because we have that vantage point. That's our privilege. We yeah. get to see things from a bird's eye view. Not like Alicia. She didn't have the opportunity to see Lucy lying to him and descend to this point. But we did. I like what Strand says to Alicia, too, about why he did it so that you didn't have to. That's good of a reason as any for him to kill Wes. Cause it was gonna, like I said, it was gonna come down to somebody. So Strand didn't want Alicia to have to do it. And he said, I'll kill him for you. So you don't have to. Like a father would hurt his child in a sense. Sure. So sure. In, in, in a sense, yeah. Victor does believe the bullshit. Well, I don't know if it's bullshit now. Yeah. At least he's invested but, in his own bullshit, let's say. I don't know. Did Alicia ever have the opportunity to tell Strand about Cole? Does he know that she's in been in this situation before? That's exactly recently? what I wanted to talk about with yeah. relation to the scene. Because it, I mean, immediately made me think of Cole. She's having a standoff with somebody she knows. But I don't know if Strand knows about that. Now, I wonder if that will come he, up in the next episode, too, by the way. Right. But it would make more sense to me if Strand did know about that. And that's why he stepped in and did what he did. Like, I know you've already had to do mm. this once. Let me take this burden on for you. Yeah. So I'll tell you on first watch. I was fully on Victor's side. And on second watch, I was trying to see it from Alicia's point of view. I was really trying. But honestly, I'm struggling. And this is not the usual Dave take. The usual Dave take is like, oh, no one's gone till they're gone, right, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> no one's too far gone, right? You're here. If you're, wa- if you're reading this, you're still here, right? This is the message of the show classically. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know. But I think maybe that's but maybe that's where Alicia is at, regardless of whether it's right or wrong. She's really evoking no one's gone until they're gone. When she does fight them in in the first floor in the entryway, she's not shooting to kill. She's just trying to get to Victor. That's all she wants. She wants to get that light off. She's not going for kill shots. So in all this, that's it's kind of what she's preaching. To her credit, she wants to be the kind of leader other people can follow. What is that if not leading by example? I'm not going to put you down until I have, unless I have to. Like, really, really, unless you're like, whoa, you're trying to kill me and I'm almost dead. Then I'm going to well, do it. Well, which is ironic given that's why she made Will leave because she said she wanted him to kill her and he wouldn't do it because he didn't have to. Mm-hmm. She thought he had to, but we know and, and he knew that he didn't have to kill her. But that's what makes every, what everything happens throughout this, uh, this season kind of great because in a sense... Victor's trying so hard to prove prove that he was right to do everything he needed to do in Lawton and then beyond. Will, all he needed to do was do something, pay the price for it like somebody should, 
I mean, I don't know, maybe that's the other extreme, right? That's a little harsh, sending out in the will out in the wilderness. But having done that, give her the space to come around to that. No one is gone till they're gone. Talk about opposites and talk about two people that love Alicia that do it in their own way in the opposite extreme. I really don't agree with what happened to, to Will, sending him out into the wilderness and, and all that stuff, or what Will felt he had to do. I don't know that he yeah. had to leave, but I think he left. He left to respect her wishes, to give her space. And I thought that, first of all, given Will and him not having much experience in the outside world, that's kind of dangerous. You don't just do it to do it. And I know he was afraid, but he did it anyway. Then Victor, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it for you. Prob made. It, hopefully <laughs> it works out to that effect, maybe. But no, I'm right, Alicia. And that's how it's going to be. And I'm not wrong. And even if you call me out and I'm wrong, I'm still not wrong. It's like these opposites of like, yes, they love her, but no one's wrong they, till they're wrong. <laughs> no one's wrong. No one's wrong. No, no one's wrong till no, no one's wrong. No one's that's wrong. It. That's it. A Victor Strand special. <laughs> Victor Strand's so like isn't that funny? Victor Strand returns after having a Madison moment, right? They kill, they try to kill Strand off, and then we we wonder when he's coming back after several seasons. <laughs> Which, by the way, in the next episode, kind of looks like what they're angling towards. In a sense, Victor's alone in a burning tower, uh. and I don't know what he's going to do. I feel like he's going to do a mat, pull a Madison, and bring all the radiated walkers in so that other people can escape, and then sacrifice himself, and then he'll show up three seasons later. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Coleman will go on Talking Dead to announce that he's coming back. <laughs> yeah, I'll allow it. Fuck it. I like I like Coleman Domingo, and I like Victor Strand. Give me more. No, but he's turned over a new leaf. He's like, oh, what? he's going to be like, he's going to be like, oh, wait, wait, wait. He's going to have an Eastman moment and turn into like Morgan Jones. <laughs> oh, life is oh precious. God. Please, please. But in like a Victor please, Strand voice. Could you imagine an all oh, life is all precious life is version precious. of Strand? All, all life is precious. Or else. <laughs> <laughs> all life is precious. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, I want to see him in like a Tibetan monk's outfit and everything and with his own purples and, and whites. And oh, I just want to see it now. And a bald head, too. Like, oh, anyway, whatever. I, I, Ooh, I know. Head. Listen, just like just like everything else, I can say this because I know that I'll ne let's move on. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> if a beer bottle can show up in the sky, we don't know what these people are going to do. Okay. Oh, we know they listen God. to these shows, these episodes. So they can bring Madison back after four years. Anything can happen. Yeah. Don Dory. <laughs> I actually kind of want to touch on John Dory Jr. Cause just, just briefly, because it's so interesting to see how, even though we can see John Dory senior as an example of having to do something for his progeny really he's doing it for himself but to make a better world for everybody i just like that it doesn't harm john dory's development to the point where he becomes a bad person it never like and this was when he was a child and of course the deck is stacked when you're a child in, in your childhood development but throughout it made him want to be a better person and when something bad happens it does affect him and it doesn't make him push through and become an alcoholic and whatever. He was generally, I know, I feel like we should touch on that. And like, out of all these examples, Dakota and, and, uh, and even Ophelia to a certain extent, how she ended up by the end of her 
arc. She gave like the, that whole Teotihuacan settlement anthrax in their coffee. So like the things people do or the desire to be close to your father or whatever it is, or to be important in this world, it twists you, you know, and it didn't twist John as much until not, not even until the end. John never let his circumstances turn him into a bad person. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't a bad guy, but he couldn't stop what happened. And then I guess in that mind, it made him the bad guy and he couldn't handle that. And so he had to, it's never too late. And look, even if it was to his downfall, kind of like Alicia, she would let it happen. You know, Alicia would let death come if it means that people could be safe. So there's a little comparison there. I like these pure characters. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I really do. Who doesn't like badass Daniel? It's just something I wrote, I read it, wrote in my notes. He made me laugh so hard when yeah. he grabbed that guy from behind. And he was like, you know why you're in this situation? <laughs> because you learn it's never too late to learn something new. <laughs> I think he should be a new YouTuber. When you handcuff somebody, <laughs> you should handcuff him behind the back. Oh my god, it was so funny. <laughs> he made me laugh and he made me cry. Yep. Fucking Ruben Blades. I'll never... Oh. When he told Charlie not to look at him. Oh, oh my god. The way he delivered that line just, just shattered me. Mm -hmm. It was... Oh my god. It was awful. And... Having Victor be right also made him emotional, too. It was like, oh, fuck, this jerk is right. And he did that that little tisk thing. He's like, and then he starts crying. He starts crying. He's like, fuck it, but he's right. He's right. Be the man you know, um, that you wanted Ophelia to see. Uh, well, Alicia said that, Alicia, but still. Alicia said um, that part. Alicia, yeah. Alicia used the misdirection. Because remember in um, 502, and Morgan is talking to Grace, and he's like, she was like, how did you know I would go? And he's like, well, I didn't. He goes, but Eastman taught me something else. Misdirection. Oh, yeah. You didn't think your life was saving, but I made it. So I made it about my life. And that's what Alicia did. And Daniel didn't think Victor was worth saving, but he, she made it about Charlie, I guess. As, as a yeah, parallel. redirection. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Right, right. I mean, misdirection is lying, but redirection. It's like, yeah, sorry, make it about sorry, something redirection. else. Redir redirection. Yeah. yeah. Redirection is what I mean. In that moment when he does deliver that line to Charlie, like, don't look at me. I knew right then that he did remember who she was. And I was like, oh, oh thank God. Like, I felt a sigh of relief when he said that, too. That it means something to him. Yes, yes. To, for her to not see him like that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like, it's, he, he already knew it was over. And, and, and in, in Daniel fashion, like we said, when Luciana calls him out on it, uh, you're not my daughter. Don't think you're a play. He does that. In, he's like, he's rejecting it. He's like, mm -hmm. this can't be real. I want my daughter. But you, he's, it's already there. It's already hooked. It's already done. Which is what I was going to say next. My question was going to be, was I right? Stop. You're making me cry with your face. I know. I <laughs> Like, just, I'm just thinking about Stop. Charlie and I can't. Well, you're making me not feel good about it. <laughs> right. I mean, we all, we all kind of kind of new i don't i don't want to play the i'm right and you're wrong no and not even that you're wrong like i don't the, i'm right i called it helicopter i'm not doing i'm not trying to do that <laughs> i'm but, still waiting uh, for june's magic radiation <sighs> wand oh man i don't want to be I don't, padre, is, padre is the miracle cure i mean i want to know where um uh maya came from maybe maybe where maya's from has has some super strong radiation cleaner they, I don't know. I'm making shit up Padre. now, but I hope Padre, something it's Padre. exists. It's Padre. You know she's from oh, Padre. Yeah. Stop Padre. it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 So would you be mad? I don't, <laughs> I honestly don't know how I feel. I really don't. And maybe I need your help sorting this out. So Alicia is trying to build Padre at the tower. And she's like, it doesn't Still. exist. Padre's yeah. not out there. doesn't exist. How mad would you be if Maya if is from Padre? Yeah. 
I, I wouldn't at all. No. No, no, no. I would feel like whiplashed. Yeah. I, and I know why. I kind yeah. I I've kind of because I feel it too a little bit. Let me do my best, Rachel. Why I gotta complicate things? <laughs> right? Keep it simple, it's stupid. A, right. <laughs> no, but it's it's true, right? It's it's kind of yeah. like, can't we just get to a point of resolution? No, this is not the show for it, Rachel. <laughs> this is not the The Walking Dead is very not simple. <laughs> it's not. It can't be. The Walking Dead universe is not like that. It's not built like that. You 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 defeat the savior and all of a sudden. It used to be simple. When? when? Bad guys. We had we had good guys and we had bad guys. But then we found out was, they weren't so bad. That was the line. <laughs> that, and then that was the line. Yeah. We didn't have mystery places that didn't exist. But then, oh, just kidding. They do exist. And then. Uh, well, yeah. I don't. I'm not not to say that it would make me mad. I that what I'm saying is I don't know how I'll feel. Right. There is no Padre. Now there's a Padre. But there's no Padre. There's, yes, there's a Padre. This is Padre. That's how I'll feel. <laughs> <laughs> Mora Povich comes on. <laughs> Alicia, you are not the Padre. <laughs> you are not the Padre. Yeah, exactly. You'll feel like you were watching Alicia and Strayed in this episode. They're together. They're Pretty against much. each other. They're together. They're against each other. They're together. <laughs> They're against each other. You know, for the most part, though, they were to get. I mean, I have to say, they were to in lockstep for most of the way. Like, because that whole middle like in chunk. The middle. Is, like the middle. The, the, the beginning whole, and the, the end. You know, the, most of the episode was them together yeah but was, okay let I'm me ask you at. this wait were let you me... mad at that though at all that they I mean, were on was, the same team I was like man yeah yeah i'm, I'm actually curious because i know we haven't really seen that no. and i don't know how you feel about that the first watch through i was really annoyed at the flip-flopping first they're against each other and then they're gonna team up but then strand's like no we're gonna be against each other but then we're gonna team up but then no, we're gonna be against each other and then we're gonna be then we're gonna team up and then at the end, we're against each other again. It's like, what is going on? Now, the second the second time and third time through, it was different because I knew what was coming. But it, it just kind of irritated me a little bit. I was like, wait a minute. And then and then you have, you have Wes in the mix, too. That's like, okay, so the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So now you got, you know, so I mean, it was just, it was just like, holy crap, what's going on? <laughs> well, I want to ask you guys a, a question because I don't know if I saw as much flip-flopping from Alicia as I did Strand. I feel like Alicia, for the most part, was kind of consistent throughout the episode, even when she agrees to stay in the tower. I mean, it was for not only her survival, well, mostly for the group survival, right? Like, I need to do this to mm -hmm. to make sure, uh, assure their safety. But I, I mean, I almost feel like Alicia had a mission and she held to it throughout. And we kind of see that when Wes finds the transmitter and then she's like, oh, all right, the jig is up. Now I got now I got to tell him what my full plan was. Which yeah, wasn't like, even all I, that bad. No, it, it really like, wasn't. She like kind of plays it. She well, well, so. <laughs> okay. So, OK, correct well. me if I'm wrong. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. But Alicia's goal was actually to infiltrate send out a signal and recruit more fighters just like Wes said but then she's oh, like but then she's yeah. like well i want to turn the tower into padre and i guess since you're a good guy now you can stay and help us do that she was sort of backpedaling i felt like in that moment like i'll tell you half of the truth right now <laughs> you know that's that's a really good point this is the difference is that we believe Alicia when she says what she says to Victor by the end. She doesn't include the beginning part, which isn't necessary. That's the, not the recording fighters part. Yes, exactly. OK, OK. And I don't think it is because I think she truly believes right now. That's how she feels. That's her intention right now. And mm -hmm. because we are who we are, 
and because we we've seen Alicia grow throughout the season, I really do believe her. If this was Victor Strand, I don't know. I'm not even going to say I don't know that I would. Rachel definitely wouldn't. Rachel knows, oh, no, he's thinking of himself. So he's saying whatever he can say to get. No, we don't think that way about Alicia. Baked right. in. She's doing exactly what Wes accused them of doing, yeah. which is yes. fucking lying to get what she wants. Mm-hmm. Right. But we don't Wes care. Wes was right. Wes was right the yeah. whole episode. And, and he and died she for it. She doesn't care who she hurts. She doesn't care if she hurt a strand to do you it. Said, or anybody you said you hit the nail on the head, though. Wes is right throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. But it, is, it but he was right about the wrong thing. He was right and he was doing things for the wrong reasons. It's one thing to be right and do things in service for something. But I think you well, maybe that's even a question. Do, do you think that Wes's goal? Because what, what is all of this for? At least for Wes. What is all of this for? What is the tower Survival. for? Survival. I think he says it. Right. He says, I'm doing this to survive. Right. Is, is he wrong? Not like about what he says and what his intentions are, but is that enough? Wes is the living example of... The answer to the question, is survival enough for most people? I think you have to survive before you can live. So right, you got to have that first. But do we survive at the expense of losing the chance of living? to break a few eggs to make an omelet. But then you'll mm-hmm. never live again. First of all, you killed your brother, okay? That's nothing you can come back from. You can't can blame. Take, can't take it back. Right. Think about it, though. You can't, but he's like, ooh. But like <laughs> I was thinking to myself, killing these people, making them die just beyond arm's reach doesn't bring back your brother. It's never going to be, and it's not going to take the pain away of that loss. So you're going to be surviving, but you're just like what Victor was trying to do. Victor couldn't help himself from loving Alicia in spite of his best, best efforts that I can say with so much confidence, you see it in this episode. It's just hard not to see. It's actually kind of hard to watch in some places. Like you see his face and it's like, ah, it's tough. It's tough. He turns to pudding around Alicia. <laughs> yeah yeah he, throughout he the does. episode anytime anytime <laughs> her name is mentioned he has this like twitch on his lip like a whatever my instincts are right <laughs> <laughs> but but wes he's fascinating to me what does it mean to survive if you become exactly what victor wanted to be no love i mean wes loved his brother whenever the idea of Derek was mentioned he was all about it i love my brother i painted trees in honor of his name because he started it you know, so it's just like, what is it worth if everybody you th- could have loved is gone? It's the answer to the question of sur- is survival enough? Yeah, you've got everything you wanted. Everything you need is right here. But is it enough? It's not. And maybe well, there's I mean, no good it, answer. It, it, it may be for him, though. I mean, maybe the loss of his brother just broke him so hard he doesn't want to care anymore. And some people are perfectly happy with power being a, a replacement for love and companionship and affection and human contact power is more important they'll have the power in the tower (laughs) but then what does that look like too because wouldn't he just turn into strand again wouldn't he eat people off of roofs i ask this because what's the natural conclusion to all this it's sad the way i see it going down is the twilight zone actually had kind of like a an episode on this with peter falk he was he played the shade not the shake of guevara he played the uh Castro. Castro, Fidel Castro, right? He played that character, oh, even though they didn't yeah. say it outright, I'm, right? I remember what episode you're talking about, yeah. He he tore, he removed himself from, and they showed the gradations of the people with whom he yeeted off his own roof, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to send a message. And some of these people were so close to him. Some of these people were the very people that helped him get into power, and he yeeted them off the roof. <laughs> I'm just using the parlance of the time right now, <laughs> of this time. And so what does that look like for Wes? How, what does it look like to be the king of nothing? Wes, that's not, well, that's sad. We've said it before. He would 
burn the country down if he could be king of the ashes. Of uh, Littlefinger? No, who who was that exactly? Littlefinger. It was a Littlefinger. Okay, yeah. Or Lance. King of the country. If he... Who's the example? Yeah. Lance Hornsby, yeah. possibly. When maybe now. So maybe West Good is prediction. to the point where power is more important than people. And yet, like, uh, just to people bring it... are people, and power is power. You know what's funny about that is that despite everything, having time away from that episode, which <sighs> so frustrating. We got that episode where he enters the party and he thinks everybody's like, oh, they're clapping for me. And and the, he realizes it was Mercer. That was a mm. good nugget to reveal the fact that just like everybody else, he wants to be loved. Lance wants to be loved or at least appreciated for everything mm. that he's done. And he can never be appreciated for all the things that he's done, because if people knew, kind of like Victor, all the things he's had to do to keep this thing running for everybody else, they wouldn't love him ever kind of like alicia maybe at this point maybe i don't i think see that's the thing i think alicia still loves him but at least she's honest about it like yeah my feelings are very complicated but i can't forgive you for what you've done but maybe she's lying to herself also maybe nobody isn't too far gone and in some ways she's kind of right even though victor does what he does to wes i still think she would find it a way to forgive him and that's the thing it makes victor not wrong too about his instincts about keeping her in the tower eventually she would come around and i think she would what do you think? Because I could be completely off base. Well, I don't know. Do you do you think she would have eventually come around to Teddy if he'd have kept her locked up and listening to the PA over and over and over again? You know what's so odd about that? She kind of did. I don't think she had a choice. She decided to lead all of Teddy's followers anyway. But did she? She didn't buy into No, that. I don't think so she either. Though. But she ended up doing what she was going to do. She I, can't help herself from helping people. That's the thing. She's her mother's I think daughter. A, after a certain amount of time, though, Teddy would have worn down on her. I mean, these are proven tactics that work on people. I mean, it's going to take a different amount of time depending on the person. But yes, I think abs- I think Teddy would have broken her. And it's Victor. So this is nice. Not this is, now, there's, now there's an emotional attachment to it, too. So it's like deep down, she might be like, oh, well, I want this to work. Right. So I'm going to, you know, I should try harder and, and make it work. And I should forgive him or, or look past certain things and. And go, well, you know, he did make the tower work, you know, despite how it happened. So, or maybe even just the fact that we're here. What is a life worth living? Uh, What am I going to stay here and keep being mad at him and hate him when I really don't? Also, really, that's a good question. Like, I don't think Alicia will ever hate Victor, period. I think she'll hate the sins of which there are many, but Mm -hmm. she'll never hate the person. She'll never not understand really what he's trying to do. That's the irony, right? I think Alicia knows immediately why. He feels like he has to do what he has to do, but a price has to be paid. Do you think she still feels a connection to her mom through Strand? I mean, do you think that's still on the surface for her? I think she has her own connection to Strand with her mom having been gone. Or I don't know. Is that the question you're asking, though? Or is is it because of her mom that he has this connection? I mean, would Madison be just yet another factor into why she will make excuses for Victor? We had to make a lot of excuses for Madison. So if she could do that for her mom, why not Strand? I think initially, because sometimes you don't have the foresight that somebody else might, and then you indulge it. Bridget called it the breaking glass theory. Once you Mm, bring an idea to the fore, you can't unthink it. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it was already in the air. And then throughout time, she figured out a way to, oh, he is helping me in this goal of helping Wes, let's say, to use the example like, oh, he can be trusted to help me help sa- save others. Mm-hmm. And then throughout, they've had these like little mini adventures and stuff like that, too, where they've been good partners and they are a good team together. They do 
watch each other's backs. And in typical fashion, the killing of Wes is always going to be an interesting flashpoint for them because it makes Victor right, but it also makes Alicia right. They are a good complement for one another. And they're a good answer to some of the things that we constantly grapple with of like, you've got it. Well, like I have the clip of obviously you got to kill them fast before they kill you. Right. This is something, the argument that we had, Rachel, you and I, <laughs> we had that like, Oh, but what is cyclical violence? What does it get you? But that, that whole thing. Right. But that they're the answer. Like, okay, if you check each other and you both come together and try to figure this out, like, yes, Victor can go. Yeah. You got to guy. You have to obviously kill him first. But at least he goes, but then what is it for if what we're trying to do here is get back on track? Like, no, 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 you got to kill him because we have to care about each other only. It's like, well, but there may be some good people out there that can help us make more good in the world. No, fuck that. They were all we need. It's like, <laughs> But they're a good. But together, if they do work together, they could be a force for incredible good. Do you think that's even still possible is the question, really? I don't know about if they have a future, but I think maybe no one's gone till they're gone. And, and they may be gone soon, maybe, like Victor, perhaps. And maybe Alicia, maybe too. <sighs> I don't know. But what do you guys think? Could there still be a future for Victor and Alicia? I mean, both in life, in actual life and living, and or like a chance at some sort of relationship? Well, I feel like with the tower on fire and burning, they're probably going to have to band together to survive, period. It's it's not going to be like, I'm going to go my way and you're going to go yours. I think everybody is going to have to band together to survive after the tower gets destroyed, mm -hmm. which, I mean, it apparently is going to. Can I say, I originally heard that as, well, Dave, with the tower on fire, I think you have no choice. Like, But meaning, <laughs> like, I think they're both, like, not going to... Mm. You're an idiot. But then, like, you turned it around and it was like, oh, they have to trust each other. Oh, well, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I mean, there's after an immediate future, but uh, yeah. like a <laughs> oh, long, so long future. I don't know. And I think that's probably what Strand started thinking about, too, right before he was about to turn the light off. Like, if I do this and all these people come in here, what are they going to do with me? He's already been right. locked up once. Here's the practical sense of the word, right? He's being super practical. Alicia there's not enough life in you to forgive me. Even after I do this, I'll never get that moment like I should have had with my dad or that I could have had with baby Mo, like, <laughs> like that lifetime of perhaps building something that of a loving relationship that, which I don't know what it looks like, but maybe I could figure it out. I just wanted to wipe the slate clean. But keep going with that. So, okay. At this point, so Wes has turned other Rangers against Strand. We know this because we see them continually shooting at our group and now they're running out there to attack them. So the Rangers are not on Strand's side and Strand all of a sudden is like, oh, well, Alicia doesn't love me. You're not going to forgive me. Wah. So where does, <laughs> where does he go from there? What's the end goal here? I'm not going to turn the light off and I'm going to get all your friends killed. Then what, yeah. Strand? I was thinking the same exact thing. <laughs> By the way, and this is where Goldberg, Ian Goldberg, in the episode or insider, is that, is that how she said it? <laughs> in the episode or insider, Ian Goldberg says, I think he's thinking in that moment, there's no point, I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to be full evil, essentially. Well, That's what he says, but I don't believe it. If, if Strand makes it so that all of her friends get killed, but she's still in the tower with him and she's stuck there, then she's stuck in the tower, but she's got nowhere else to go. Mm. So she has to stay with him. If that's how it plays out, if he does get all of her friends killed, don't you think she would be actively trying to kill him back? <laughs> like, <laughs> unless unless there becomes like a Stockholm Syndrome situation, you know? That would take so long, though. 
But if you're stuck in the tower and you got nowhere to go and nothing else to do, you can keep her captive. I'm not saying that's what he's doing. I'm just yeah. saying maybe that was what was in his head when he was, you know, she'll have nowhere else to go. If, oh, okay. Maybe he didn't think that far ahead. Okay, okay, and he's, okay. He's this thinking, is, this oh, is she'll, she'll have to stay here. Oh, okay, okay. And you, right. and you know how she'll I, have to stay yeah. here with me. Okay. And you know how I know he's not thinking that far ahead? We just got that from Daniel. Is this how you want Alicia to see you before she goes? Oh, is this what oh, you want? Yeah. yeah. She's going. Yeah. This is what you're going to do? Sorry, I'm a little animated. Well, I'm, he like, might... Here's the thing. This is why I'm animated. I, I just want to explain myself because, oh my God, I'm having a Bridget moment. But like, <laughs> I've invested my hope, I know you're saying wrongly, in Victor Strand for so long because I've seen the good that he can do and I've seen amazing things from him. And I know you're going to say, oh, how, why did you buy in from season one? I knew he was a jerk. Because people, I know that in the real life, people, it's hard for people to change. And that's why I turn to stories like like these that can show me that but every now and again, somebody can change and it can be awesome. I want to hope because even in these shows, a hero can emerge <laughs> where even though it's rare, a hero can emerge in most shows, a hero emerges. And that's the whole thing. OK, that's the simple shows. Right. But we're not watching those simple shows. We're watching this shows <laughs> where, where it seems a little bit more mapped on to reality. When that hero emerges, it's that much more satisfying because Everybody kind of sucks. Everybody sucks on these shows. Everybody. Rick especially. And then he dials it back. And then he doesn't. And then he's an asshole. But with Victor, he makes more sense to me. You go down a certain path for so long in your life, and then you see an opportunity to not do what you would typically do to people. And then he does. And he becomes a complicated yet person trying to do good. And then you reach this point where he's at the handle. Instead of thinking... Is this how I want her to see me? He's thinking, you're never going to forgive me before you die. Ah, fuck you. And, and that's what disappoints me. Well, maybe kind of the way you were disappointed that Howard left. I get so disappointed because we have that luxury of that thousand foot view of, of who he was and who he could be. Yeah. Potential, man. But Victor's the one who throws it all away. Not the showrunners. Victor. I mean, yes, it is the showrunners, but it's Victor. <laughs> it's Victor's <laughs> choice. It, it makes sense. And that's what makes me even more upset. It makes sense. Because then I have the choice of saying, of either doubling down, and oh, Victor's going to be good, and uh, or I can see the truth, admit that I was suckered. Maybe not. Maybe the sum total of someone's life can't be summed up by one action. But man, it's <laughs> <just> making it very hard. <laughs> and unforgivable. And I mean, look, it's not over yet. He could come around and do whatever. But I have to admit to myself when I see something shitty. And something that's horrible, but more to the point, this is the thing that upsets me the most, is that you just gave Daniel his resolution for that reason, for the reason of don't kill me. You don't want Charlie to see you that way. That was the whole point of coming back to Ophelia. And you're not willing to do that for whom you say is your like a family, like a daughter to you. Like a daughter. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what makes mm -hmm. this fucking awesome, because you have all this this long arc so that you don't forget what these people did through why they did what they did, these fathers to daughters and sons, for those reasons. And when it comes to the final moment with, for Victor, this, this, okay, are we going to take everything that we just saw and map that onto Victor? And is Victor going to make the right decision? No, he makes the wrong decision. <laughs> That's really good. I got to admit, like, I, I went through a journey just now. I'm sorry that I did that, but like, I, I, I needed to kind of feel that 
I needed to navigate that because I was just so upset just in this moment right now. But then I have to kind of hand it to Ian and Andrew. I have to that's, hand that's it to That's why we do this, man. These are our therapy oh, sessions. Shit. This that's is where really we good. work out all of our shit. <laughs> that's really good. That's really good. It's so genius. And then right after that, Alicia even says it. She's like, when given a choice, you will always make the wrong one. And here he is doing it again. At the very next moment, you make yeah. the wrong one. Yep. Because she was talking about Wes. But he's doing it again now. Right. Just right now. This right now is the wrong <laughs> choice, too. Yeah. Man, this is like our fourth watch. <laughs> right. But like, it's a good one. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I like I, I, I love how action packed it was. And, you know, like Sharon, D said, mm -hmm. shit happened this episode. Mm. Mm -hmm. I squeed. And now and now we got everybody <laughs> inside the tower. Uh, not for long. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for you. Oh, please. Get me out of this. Um, why do you think Strand refers to Baby Mo as that baby <laughs> and not the baby? <laughs> if it wasn't for that baby, and then they took that baby, there's only one baby In the beginning, around. right? Because that's the only time I think he, it's referenced, right? Because he says, oh, is Morgan going to show up? He says something to Alicia. If it, um, something like I forget the exact line, but it's like, and if, if I hadn't been for that baby, like every time he refers to Mo, he calls her that baby, not the We mentioned baby. this in the last episode, I think, too. Do you think it's like just the way of him keeping a distance even while he wants to be close? Because he doesn't know how to handle, again, he doesn't know how to handle that kind of emotion. You know, he wants to be close, but at the same time, he's like, I don't want to be that close. We've, we've already to established. To the baby or to Alicia? That's just to Ooh, be clear. To the baby. Okay, okay. To the baby. Bye. That baby. We've already established that. The bad baby. Bad baby. We already know that Strand's love map is askew. He doesn't express or receive love the proper way. But even, he wants what he wants. But he wants what he That's wants. That's the even, problem. Even earlier when we were talking about him, like, forcing Mo to love him and, like, raising her to love him. I, I could see that, but I don't know that he feels love towards her. First of all, how could he? Her name's Morgan. <laughs> Which is so why he calls that her right that there, baby. That baby. But the fact that he delivers that line almost reinforces what I think. And that's that he never loved her. He was keeping her there to protect himself. You're missing the obvious answer. I think he just wants somebody to love him. Well, yes. Yeah, he did want that, but it was that it was going to be years before that happened. So for the time being, this baby was offering him protection against attack. Oh, as well. But I really genuinely think if he could grow love in a laboratory with this baby, like in, in a figurative laboratory, but this is his great experiment. If he can grow that baby up to love him, maybe he could find a way. And this is me, again, being generous, by the way. He could find a way to figure out how to love her. But again, I want to stress, this is the Dakota experiment all over again. When you grow up that way, though, I mean, do you think Strand is even aware that he's not loving the right way? Like, it's always been normal for him. So... What mm -hmm. what sort of comparison does he have to say, oh, I'm I'm not doing this right. <laughs> of all the things that he's thinking far ahead of, and I have to give him credit for the tower legacies and try. Look, if I ha help all these people live, they will talk about me and I will have put something out into the world. I will have done something with my life. But of all the things like, OK, he gets that, but he doesn't get and he gets people, too. Let's not forget that. He understands people. He knows how to get what, what he wants out of people. He has good instincts. But, and maybe this is like the number one flaw. The number one flaw is Victor does not know how to love. Clearly, we've seen that right. throughout the series. I know he wants to. 
And I know he wants to get the love, but he doesn't know how to. And maybe with Madison, sorry, Rachel, and maybe, <laughs> maybe with Madison, mostly he was working on it. And maybe even that wasn't 100% what we would normally call a loving relationship, but it was loving enough for Victor. You know, it was maybe a bridge to get him somewhere to where he might be able to figure that out. But with Madison gone, that really, really set him back. And you can see that. You can see that a little bit in season five. You can see that mostly in season six, which is why I think he desperately struggles between feeling like he needs to do what he has to do for Alicia and all our friends. (laughs) And then what he ultimately decides to do, knowing that she practically, she's not going to be around long enough to forgive him, which is what he wants on the surface. It just turns out, turns out bad. And he's just not equipped. And he could have been had Madison stuck around. But and maybe that's sort of an answer to your question. Also, earlier, when you asked, is Madison a, another factor that helps Alicia have a relationship with Strand? And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I do think so. I think if not for her, maybe they wouldn't rely on each other as much. And But we'll never know. Right. But we're here now. And this kind of sucks, but it's kind of awesome. <laughs> it's really kind of <laughs> awesome. I got to say, just to answer your Char- question charity is like like all of us if we have the option to have our cake and eat it too i think we'll do that unless it sacrifices the having part unless i'm getting the metaphor wrong we want to try to have everything if, we, if it's available to us but victor does it and he doesn't know that he's doing it at the expense of the tower let's say i mean look he took baby mo and that was like the beginning of the end for him he did exactly what he said he shouldn't do in the first episode is love love is your downfall no but if i cultivate love no 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 victor no, that's not how it works. Love, period. <laughs> Didn't you learn from Ginny? That's what happened to Ginny. Mm-hmm. Love, period, makes you fuck things up for yourself. I mean, I'm not saying Victor's right, necessarily, even though he probably is. But <laughs> there you go. He didn't follow his own rules, his own instincts, which says a lot about people in general. We have big ideas of how what we want, and sometimes it comes at the expense of others. And is it worth it? Time will tell, but some people don't have that time, like Alicia. And then you realize, well, what did I do all this for? Because really, the answer to this episode is really underneath it all. It's funny how he says in season six to Alicia about Lawton, he says it and we don't believe it. But in this season, he says, no, I'll take John. She's never going to come here. And this has always been about Alicia and getting that love. And in a sense, it's a lot like John Dory Sr., kind of. I think he wants to be, like he says, the person that does the things for you so you can have a better life. I honestly think underneath it all, he wants to build this place. That's why I said in the beginning of the episode, he builds this place for Alicia. So he did all the bad things so that she can have a better life and maybe even expect fully that I got to go. I got to pay for what I've done. You know, I got to go. I think underneath he wants to be that kind of hero, the kind of hero that Morgan was trying to be in the sub too. Like, oh, I want to be that hero. I'm not that guy though. I'm not that guy. Fuck you. uh, Double stomp kick into a horde of walkers. I'm not that guy. But I can be this guy. I can be this tower guy. I can be the the eater of of people off roofs so that you (laughs) don't have to do it. And that it doesn't matter what you think of me at the end, as long as you love me. Or maybe even not that, as long as you're safe. Maybe he's figuring out in the wrong way what love means for him. Sharon, he's running out of room on her computer. Oh, shit. So let me bounce and you guys finish and I'll let this upload. Yeah, that's probably the path of least resistance. Because I don't think we have a whole lot more to go over. No. Surprisingly, too. Bye, everybody. Bye. Say goodbye, Sharon D. (laughs) (laughs) Jasmine.
you know how you have that technical thing where uh, you see things that shouldn't be there and you're like, oh, yes. screen supervisor should be fired. <laughs> this bothers me because if if you're going to give us coordinates, just have something there. Have something there for us to see. And maybe like cause my in my head, I'm thinking, well, you know, you could put like a little crop dust circle or something that says strand is the <laughs> evil guy. Or, do you know what I mean? Like put something there that would be like, oh, we did it. And you did a thing. And, ooh. <laughs> you guys, you know us. You know we're going to look at those coordinates. I didn't see yeah, anything. I was so really trying. Many. We have so many coordinates that aren't It's so specific, though. Things. Yeah. I mean, to Al's, their credit, yeah. Al's, Al's uh, book is full of coordinates that we've logged. You know, we logged all of those that we could. And they're just well, random places. Our best one was uh, Grit School Road. That well, was a that, cool one. And I think that was actually on Ginny's map, I think. Didn't we do a cross street where we saw Grit School Road and then we did yeah. the thing and it was like something else? Yeah. And we showed yeah. the map and then we did the flood thing. That was going to be, I, that was near where Morgan's water tower was. Grit yeah. School. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't bother me in the long term, but like when you, when you give us something so specific. Yeah. I like, want to see like, something. Make it like a Dairy Queen or something. <laughs> On, honestly, something. they could have just picked an office building that kind of looked like it probably wasn't it. And I would have been like, fine with that. I'd be like, Oh, this is what it's, they were thinking when they, this is definitely it. <laughs> yeah. Or I, mean, I wouldn't, I would never say it's definitely it. I would say, well, at least it looks like it, you know, like close and like, Oh, they're thinking of it. No, they're not thinking of you. Fuck you. <laughs> like, oh, no, no. It's in the middle of nowhere in a swamp. It, I think it's literally a swamp where this, oh, where the coordinates lead you to. Oh, yeah. Sad it's just face. Oh, so exact sad. opposite of a tower. Ugh. So, so anyway, sad. I do want to throw something at you. In the beginning, Victor is shaving. And the song that is on while he's shaving is uh, in French. It's called Sous le, Sous le Dôme et Paille. Oh, yeah. Sharon, so you broke this one down, too. Under a Dome. In English, uh, people call it the flower duet. Under a Dome is, the, is what it means in French, but in English, flower duet. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's composed Beautiful. by Leo, Leo Delib uh, for the opera Lacme. The singers in the play are Lakme and Malika. So it's all about the Brahmin high priest Mila Kantha is forbidden from practicing Hindu ritual under British occupation. While he is shuttling his parishioners to pray in secret, Lakme and her servant Malika are undressing and going into a lake and just bathing and etc. And then along come soldiers with their girlfriends and one of the dudes is left behind and he's drawing the jewels of the of Lakme and her servant He's like, oh, these are very pretty. Let me just draw these. And Lachman comes up and he's like, oh, and then they fall in love, essentially. But <laughs> the lyric, oh, and they fall in love. I, I had to say this because, well, we have to think in terms of this show. Okay. Because then you do the Will and yeah. the Will and Alicia is what I was immediately thinking of. But the lyrics are as follows. Under the thick dome, where the white jasmine with the roses entwined together, on the riverbank, covered with flowers laughing in the morning, let us descend together. Gently floating on its charming risings, on the river's current, on the shining waves, on the hand that reaches, <laughs> reaches for the bank, where the spring sleeps, and the bird, the bird sings. Under the thick dome where the white jasmine, ah, calling us together. So it's ironic because I think, which is why I wanted you to go back to the beacon. I kind of wanted you to get the feeling of the difference between the beginning of that episode and the beginning of this episode. But also, it's like the episode doesn't want you to forget. And this is what I got out of it, but I want to know what you... Because sometimes I throw something at you, you're like, oh, and I'm like, oh, that's way better than what I thought. <laughs> I feel like the show doesn't want you to forget about Will and Alicia and what they went through. First of all, obviously, in the episode called Padre, but then also like what Will 
feels he has to do out in the wild in the beginning episode and what why what that was for but what what do you think about that it's just a pretty song (laughs) it is it was just a song because it was in another language i didn't know what they were saying so it was it was pretty i can't say that the song put will back into my mind because okay i didn't know the lyrics so it wouldn't take me there I don't know. I have a really hard time wrapping my head around what Alicia and Will went through. They spent like, what, a day together? That's a good question. I don't know how much time they spent together down there while it Alicia was trying to recover. It couldn't have been more than a couple of... Well, okay, okay. Hold on. Let me let me backtrack. Alicia and Will spent like at most, and this is even a, a stretch, days. a couple days until, before she went unconscious. Now, Will spent more time with Alicia than Alicia spent with Will because she was unconscious. Yeah. And- by her side and so he had time to build more up in his head of what they were and how he felt about her versus her spending a a day with him and then cutting her arm off so is she really thinking about being in love i don't think so she's like oh my arm (laughs) and yet alicia also was affected by this thing will had a tremendous impact on her in a sense what he meant what he represented do you think will would have had as big of an impact had he survived. Do you think Will's impact is only because he died and was taken away from her? Oh, that's a really good question. And you know what? I have to admit, sometimes when that happens, you feel like potential is cut short. Absolutely. And that affects you way more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know, but I think that doesn't matter. You're right. It doesn't matter. Because I think Will and Alicia, Alicia represents to Will how life could be. It doesn't have to be like it was in the bunker with wait, all wait, the wait. senators. Wait. Well, I'm going to go back to Alicia. Alicia. Too, yeah. Oh, hold on. I'm not drawing this line. Alicia represents how life could be for Will to Will. Yeah. I, because I was I thinking think, the I opposite. Think, Will oh, represents what? that for Alicia. Oh, he also, remembers I was going to say that. that. I was going to get to that. Don't oh, worry. Okay. See, I guess I don't. Okay. I see that <laughs> yeah. side of it, but all right. I was going to do the hard one first. Alicia to Will is harder in some senses because Will, all he knew was the bunker. He mm-hmm. lived with the senator when things went bad and then things went nuclear and then Teddy's people came down <laughs> and Will was clearly afraid oh, of, tra- yeah. of going up there, period. He was oh, like, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to go up there. No, don't make me. Then Alicia comes into his life and things happen for him. He, he starts to see things a different way. He has feelings. His first, his first impression of people from the outside were Teddy's people. Yeah. That's a horrifying mm-hmm. thing to have mm-hmm. to witness. And so when Alicia comes into his life, it says, okay, maybe they're not, maybe they're not all like that. Maybe things can be different. That's okay. a harder one to explain. <sighs> and it makes I'm just him... looking at Alicia like, she's not so great either. <laughs> he doesn't know that. True, true, true. Very true. <laughs> so, but Alicia's a little easier. Alicia, what Will represents to Alicia is the life before. Yes. How things could have been. Right. He reminds her that these walkers were people once and that it should mean something to take them out, I guess. And I think to use, to use well, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but we use the kids from World Beyond as an example, because they were behind walls. They got to have lofty ideals of how the world could work, even knowing that shit's going on outside. They retained their humanity because they weren't challenged, you know, as much as everybody else has. They have the luxury, even though they know what's going on. So that's what Will represents to Alicia is this time capsule that knows what's going on, sort of, but is not confronted with it. And so it's a time capsule for what humanity was like. She needed a reset. I don't know if she needed it, let's be honest, but can't always have propeller slash 
you know, <laughs> suppressor, flash, sword, Alicia. I, I, I like this. I like this marrying of remembering, like, even like Matt Sale, her boyfriend the first season. Like, even remembering that, what that could have been like and having that ripped away from you. What mm-hmm. that's like. It's very confrontational and it's something she's always wanted. And maybe just like Victor, maybe she thought she could have her cake and eat it too until his life was cut short. Nice little comparison, mm-hmm. right? But And yet it was denied to her. Vic, what Victor did maybe was unforgivable. But And maybe just like Victor, she thinks practically. Kind of like you also. Like, how long could Will have lived anyway? It's Will. Well, it's being, being sheltered literally for most of the apocalypse. I mean, he didn't really come with the skills necessary Though he did make it 50 days out in the nuclear apocalypse. So yeah, maybe don't count people out, I suppose, huh? That's true. We don't know what we're capable of until we're put in those situations, I suppose. So. Until we're tested. Mm-hmm. Going back to the song. Uh, yes, it is beautiful. And it shows us an airy, fairy, lovely, lovely, not hellscape <laughs> landscape. But it, I, it made me think of him because it's these two unlikely people. I could have never pictured either of them coming together, which is kind of what the opera is saying. You, you're a British soldier and you're not human and you're occupying our country and you're making it so we can't pray and oh, you're awful people. But then she sees the person and not what he represents. And she and he sees that she's a person, too. Mm-hmm. And what am I doing here? And they have to deal with all the things surrounding all the, the politics and the, the environment surrounding them. So maybe it's not man. When maybe it's not Will and Alicia. Maybe it's Victor and Alicia. Mm-hmm. it's not a love story but not but in a romantic yeah thank you yeah, yeah not in a romantic yeah. way but yeah Fuck. there are a lot of a lot of different relationships besides romantic they very they buried the lead with this song in a, in a way i really thought it was will and now i'm thinking it's victor this oppressive force but he's still a person and she is the one being oppressed and yet she is who she is and he is who he is and he loves her anyway and he's built he's built a life around this thing and she has also tried to figure out her life and tried to figure out how to get past this thing. And at the end of the day, we are hoping that they get to see each other for who they are really yeah. as people who love, love each other and will do anything for one another. But that's not how this is going to work. <laughs> so that is tragic. I don't know, I almost, I'm glad I brought it up then. Yeah. I almost see Strand looking at Alicia as he wants to be like her. Cause like she does what's necessary, but also has a conscience. He probably looks at her and thinks, I, I want to be like that. I want to be that way. I want to be able to save people by making the, the right decisions, but he's just not. So something that I've been saying since, what, season six, five, maybe even, just embrace the bad, Strand. Just embrace the bad. Like, oh, he, man. You're not going to be the good guy, despite your best efforts. Well, so that's wow. That's funny, because that's almost <laughs> like saying what I said to you about Carol, like how many <laughs> how many wrong things can you do before you cut somebody off? And then. I think it's, you're, it's, I think well, intention, I created a monster. I think intentions have a lot to do with it too, though. I think we can say that Carol's actions truly are for the good of, of the group and the people. Carol almost never acts selfishly. What she does is almost never for her own right. benefit. The, the majority Strand, of what she's ever done. Absolutely. Well, actually, to be specific with that, the majority of what Carol's ever done is for the sake of the group. Absolutely. Rather than herself. In, in those instances where I was pissed, it was kind of for herself or in the name of something, somebody that she loved. 
Okay, say, yeah, but is not but around. Not, not at the great as for the greater good. Whereas Strand, right. we've seen him make selfish choices over Context. and over and over again. Absolutely. So yes, they are both doing eh, bad for various reasons. But, but yeah. I, but I think in this case, intention matters. That's what I love about even making the comparison between he and Carol. Carol, in many senses, is far less complicated than Victor. Even with Carol's complications, I need complications, to sit on that for a minute. Yeah, I need to. So let me let me talk let me talk that out. Even with as complicated and nuanced a character at character as Carol is, Victor comes in. It's like ah, this is a lot to pick <laughs> apart. I want to like him, but he does things that are bad, and they're not great sometimes. And sometimes they really are great. And I see that glimpse. Our starting point with Carol is that we think she's a good person who's been done dealt a bad hand. But then, you know, we, we, she, we navigate, she navigates, she becomes, she does ugly things for the right reasons, but we, we don't discredit her. We, her starting point with her is that I think overall, she's a good person. Mm -hmm. She may get there an ugly way, but it's forgivable. It's Carol. Right. But <laughs> yeah. we get, but when we get to Victor, Victor from the start is shady. You think he's all in it for himself for the majority of, from the start. So the impressions matter, mm -hmm. but then you're like, he's not that bad. He cares about this person. He's willing to put himself on the line, right? Because you, you're questioning. Because yes. you're still questioning. You're still like, <laughs> this is what I mean by like, he's a mixed bag. He's not easy. Oh, Victor, you're not easy to love. Who did we hear that from? You're not easy to love. Uh, princess. Princess. Yeah. Oh, no, now I'm feeling bad for him again. Oh, that's such a good comparison between the two. Because you kind of like Princess because she's kind of cool. But then, like, you realize that she can put people in danger, too, with horses' heads flying everywhere from a minefield. And so you're like, but it's not her fault. For the most part, she was also dealt a bad hand. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Man, Victor, Victor, why do you make loving you so hard, Victor? Why? Why? I love Victor I, more I, I as a bad that. guy. I, I, I just want him to go full-blown evil. Well... It's a good place to go to a different topic at the very least, if not <laughs> somewhere else. No, and that's because there's no answer. There's no there's no good nope. answer. There's nope. really no good answer. Just we just got to sit back and see what he's going to do next. Even in this back half, Victor, I feel like has been a bright spot because you don't know what he's going to do. He's always entertaining. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Totally. Like, well, in terms of like narrative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, a wild card that you don't know. Yeah. Who wants to expect things? Right. And yeah, with and but because of those things, how do you come back from that? You can't. I almost think you can't. I want to say we can, but just for the reasons I said earlier, like we always want a redemption story. Like, could you no matter see, could you see Strand turning a new leaf and like being a good guy in season eight? And we're all like, hey, remember when he chucked like 40 people off the top of his tower? We're yeah. just going to forget about that. Mm. We want to forget what he had to do to run this place. No. <laughs> yeah. We're going to forget about that. Yeah, and now that the tower's on fire, it's like, oh, man, all of that shit was for nothing, Victor. Mm -hmm. Shit. Shit, Victor. What are you going to do now? Oh, you're going to you're gonna double down now again? Ah, I'm a Victor. Come on, man. But it's believable. When all is lost, it can't be for nothing. It can't be. It is for nothing, brother. So love the ones you have, right? While they're there to love. And even if they don't love you back. That's love anyway. Love like that's you love yeah. un, if if it's unconditional then it's unconditional. It's not hinged upon whether they love you back or not. You love them because you do. You love them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. But that's why I like I like what he I it's like weird. It's like you I like what he does because it's not what we expect. Again. Yeah. It's not what we expect. Strand is it's never so boring. interesting. My heart hurts thinking about what it must be like to be him. Well, if you if you do that, <laughs> just guard your heart. But 
I mean, are we sitting here at the end of the day? I like. I like what he ends up doing because it's, it, yeah. it, it's hard. It's ultimately, it's really hard to put yourself in his place. Ultimately, because if you were like Strand, you're not a normal person that watches the show. You'd be like, oh, that's bullshit. I would have, I would have yeeted Alicia off the roof. <laughs> so like, whatever. <laughs> uh, Sitting here feeling bad or like, I don't know. You're like, oh, it hurts. I, I feel so bad for Strand. Like, do you feel that way for Negan? Do you feel, did you feel bad for Negan when he was in the, in the sanctuary running things? Cause he's gone. He had gone through some shit. We just didn't know it. Do you look back and go, "Oh, this poor guy"? No, fuck, no, we don't. They're they're yeah. making bad no, choices. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not even until season eight that you get a glimpse of what those choices. Why he had, why he felt he had to make those choices. And maybe you're supposed to. You're supposed to feel with Victor. We don't have that starting point though. Right. It's complicated. <laughs> Victor's starting point is it's complicated. And it's not that well, simple because he is saving yeah. those people that we we first started seeing. He's saving them. Yeah, yeah. And so it is like, hard. It, see how complicated it is. It's especially hard because at one point Strand was part of our group, and now he's like outside of our group, being the being the bad guy, much like Will, much like Wes. Like he was part of our group, and then he's like, "Fuck you guys! You made me kill my brother, and I'm gonna blame you for this instead of blaming myself." We're not blaming anybody. Or bl- maybe blaming your brother. But see, he can't because I mean, his brother's he, dead. <laughs> he should ultimately be blaming Teddy. Yeah, yeah. He really should be blaming Teddy. Yeah. This is such a good episode. The more I think yeah. about it, the better it is. The I more only, I watch it, the better it feels. First and foremost, Sarah and Wendell reunited. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I was so excited. She almost lost her breath. Right? But it went, when she saw him, <sighs> right? Instead of <sighs> giving him breath. It, it was just... <laughs> It took, it took her breath away. Oh, it was uh, just so, I, I mean, it, it was, you know, when, what? when Ginny brings Wendell back and like, and they have that whole thing again, I'm like, oh, oh, here it comes again, oh, again. <laughs> here, yeah. here come the waterworks. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I don't, I don't even really know that there's much more to say about it. Just, there's my, no, I was there, so there excited isn't. about it. Just except, so excited. Except for Rabbi's, Rabbi Kessner's outfit. But <laughs> that's, that's right. about it. <laughs> It's what's up with that? Wait, first of all, we haven't seen you the whole season till now, so mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. then there was like maybe a thing between he and Sarah, baby, just taking care of her the whole <laughs> I, time, right? And they were standing next to each other on the platform. I definitely noticed that. I did not, I but you did. know what? I did. Now I'm gonna have to rewatch this episode again. To see I mean, they I... weren't like they weren't like shoulder to shoulder or anything, but like in the shot where they're like, "Boo, here's people." It was Sarah and Rabbi, but they could have been touching butts <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> you weren't paying attention that much. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to talk about something else is and that's when Daniel is next to Charlie. And I didn't I was about Ooh. to and I was like, oh, I was getting you made me emotional. It's all your fault. It's all your fault that I'm this way, Alicia. <laughs> I I saw them when I saw them together. First of all, waterworks. Okay. Second of all, he doesn't want to leave her side. Third of all, I felt like that scene was cut short. I felt like there was more dialogue there. Yeah. If you go back and watch that scene, I felt like there was something. I felt like Charlie was about to say something and the camera said, cut. Let's, that's <laughs> it. We got it. But no, I, I don't think that's what happened. I think they kept rolling. I thought I think there is more dialogue and I want to know what that dialogue is. Mm. Maybe it's the way the camera was positioned. I felt like Charlie was about to say something and then the camera cut to something else. I'm like, mm. no, no, I want more of this. Don't you Can cut I Charlie off. <laughs> but tip butt. And now that I'm thinking about it, Maybe that's just life in a way. Like life is, you can't stay in this moment forever. Oh, well, fair enough. It broke yeah. my heart. Fair. Broke my heart to hear Charlie say, I'm sorry I'm not her. Yeah, because she knows. 
Well, she heard. I mean, she was just in the other room. She heard the whole conversation that that Strand had with Daniel. But that was her choice of words. Yeah. The first thing that she says, I'm sorry, I'm not her. And that's so Charlie, right? Like on her deathbed, still like, I'm sorry, I'm not good enough. Oh, Charlie. And he's like, no, no, no. You're you're more than enough. I'm not leaving your side. That's how much you mean to me. You know, and he tears away to help Alicia and Strand by taking out Wes's guards and pays a price for doing so, having to do the right thing for the right reasons, maybe, finally. Because, and I say this, be- oh, no, I didn't think about this until just now. I was writing down furiously, like, all, like, all he cares about is Ophelia. He would kill Alicia. He would kill Strand. If it wasn't to his benefit to get to Alicia, he would just kill everybody to get to Ophelia. Mm-hmm. And then his choice, finally, like, in the end, when he's with Charlie, he's like, no, 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 I'm with you. There's nobody else in the world right now to... I'm like, oh, well, I mean, look, I loved it. Obviously, I loved it. But it's still on track with the whole, I'm going to be here with you. Nobody else matters in the world to me. Fuck you. You deal with it. But this is why I'm marrying the idea of there must have been something else in that dialogue. Even if it was just congenial dialogue between Charlie and he when the camera stopped rolling or when the editor cut it out. (laughs) And Daniel's decision to finally to help everybody and then paying the price for doing so. So if you notice... I think Daniel gets shot in the same spot as John Dory Sr. John Dory Jr., interestingly enough. I wanted Doing the to right be, thing for the right reasons. I wanted to be really mad, and I was the first time I watched it. I'm like, are we seriously not going to talk about how Daniel literally just got shot in the heart? But well, upon, well, my second watch, <laughs> upon my second watch, I did pay much, much closer attention to where his hand was. And it was yeah. it was definitely higher up here. And I'm like, OK, all right. So, yeah. you know, they might have just gotten part of a lung or something, you know, yeah, he could, in the he, top of it. And, too. It's, and it's Daniel. So we know he's going to his body just went bullets. Boom, nope. Pew, ping. Just like <laughs> shot that fucker out. Daniel's a bad It's a flesh wound. It's yeah. a flesh wound. Nothing. Nothing's which happening is, here. Which is what he tells June later, too. Right. No, no, no. I'm fine. Go check on Charlie. <laughs> What? Yeah. Oh. No. Oh. oh, yes, yes, more of that. <laughs> like, no, Charlie is as stable as she's going to be for the moment. You need to pet, you need to be sewn up. <laughs> How is he not actively bleeding? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's Daniel, right? It's Daniel. It's, it's Daniel. That's plus, all I that's all I can say. He's got plus 100 pot armor. <laughs> no, right? No, it's and it's so not true too. I feel like he could go at any time. <laughs> but that he but, doesn't, and but I like he it. Could, but he could also survive anything. I also feel yeah, like, yeah, yeah, retroactively until <laughs> until the writers actually want to kill him off, he will survive everything. He everything. will die from a cold, typically. Oh. Like he will die from oh, a cold. Oh gosh! Oh my gosh! A fire didn't kill him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> all these things. Oh my gosh! Shot in the face. Lightning all. Shot in the, the face. face. Lightning striking almost almost him, but the walker instead. But it's season three, I think it was season three. Yeah. Yeah, it was season three. It was near the sewer tunnels and he was fighting this big ass walker. Sharon he says he survived Morgan's speeches. Absolutely. That yeah. was probably the most difficult Keep thing. Keep talking, get Morgan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so so what Sharon D is talking about. So the scene, um, I think Strand and Alicia are in the gun locker. And he's talking about, oh, we used to be a good team. Remember, we saved so many people. And she's like, oh, Wes? Because uh, Wes is like... I was thinking like, more of the kids. Well, well, <laughs> well what, Sharon D is say, what Sharon D is saying is she only mentions Wes. So is this confirmation that no one else survived the nuclear blast? Is Wes the only person 
at that moment still alive out of all the people that they saved. Question mark? Next next topic. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just leave that there. Because it's not a good, there's no good answer. Because we don't know. Even the people from the stadium had survived. We didn't know that they did, but they said that they didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. In season four. Oh, they went off and then they got themselves killed. No Cole's here with all those people. With scene a group six, of people. Whatever. Yep. All right. Well, OK, uh, fine. Uh, but then they died. Yep. <laughs> so who, who was it? I think it was Jasmine said maybe Nora's people did survive and now they're pissed that they all got abandoned and left at the damn settlement. And they're going to be our our bad guys in season eight. Like, how could you just Nobody leave us? us? How could you just Nobody leave us? us? Yeah. And, te- and think of Tess. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The kids and, yep, Nora's people, yep, oh, all of them, boy, they're, all, oh they're all mad. And they're all suffering, like, way worse radiation, so they got, like, extra right, limbs like I said in the last and, episode, like... They're all, like, beta, yeah. beta burns and stuff. And, and, well, and you know what's funny? Is it Victor that mentions the type of radiation, which is alpha radiation? Yes. This is the first time Alicia vaguely, very, very vaguely mentions or or at least at the very least the viewers are reminded that she got she took a mouthful of radiated walker blood and she's like oh what charlie will be fine and strand's like no this was different this was different this was much worse stuff than what you dealt with yeah well i think alicia's was theta radiation if we're to believe that it's the same radiation that grace had which does get absorbed in the womb if you remember when we broke yeah, that down yeah yeah yeah, and I would agree with that because it was from one of the... Or ionic, from ionic radiation. Finally. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to remember that the whole time. Yes. Which makes complete sense because, yeah, that was the walker blood she gets in her mouth is from a walker from Grace's plant. So, yeah. Right, right. Which has should have less of an effect. And if it does have right. an effect, like Thomas said, Celtic TSO on all the socials. Yes. He says she won't even see, even with that little bit of walk, maybe even not ever. Uh, effects from that radiation but but if it'll be Still. like years and years and years down the road decades yeah decades okay alpha radiation occurs when the nucleus of an atom becomes unstable the ratio of neutrons to protons to protons is too low the alpha particles are emitted to restore balance alpha decay occurs in elements with high atomic numbers such as uranium radium and thorium if alpha emitters are inhaled swallowed or get into the body through a cut the alpha particles can damage sensitive living tissue. The way these large heavy particles cause damage makes them more dangerous than other types of radiation. The health effects from exposure to alpha particles depends greatly on how a person is exposed. Alpha particles lack the energy to penetrate even the outer layer of skin. Interesting. So exposure to the outside of the body is not a major concern. Inside the body, however, they can be very harmful. The ionizations they cause are very close together. They can release all their energy in a few cells. This results in more severe damage to cells and DNA. This little Google thing says alpha radiation will damage cells if the radioactive source has been breathed in as a gas or dust uh, okay. as well. Right, which means the lung, the lungs have the direct, like, that's why you smoke, because lungs are like this, it has a membrane right to your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. So that's why the nicotine can get in. It filters out some stuff, but the nicotine gets into your bloodstream and then you're good to go. Makes sense. Which is why she should have had her mask on. And I'm satisfied with that answer. Wow. Alpha particles cannot penetrate most matter. A piece of paper or the outer layers of skin is sufficient to stop alpha particles. So I'm not sure we would be seeing these burns or, 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 no, I'm sorry. The burns are coming from within, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Expressed from the inside. Yeah. That's even worse. Because if it's that bad on the inside that we're seeing these signs on the outside, which is also why baby Mo was sufficiently safe too. Yes. Yeah. She was covered in a rubber, basically. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's the first thing and then you can't really get it from somebody else mm-hmm. i mean the particles are inside john dory senior's body they're not going outside yeah so if a walker got a hold of someone who had it and like literally tore them apart would those particles be released from the body do you think possibly but it de- yeah it depends on the decay life but it seems okay. consistent the decay is yeah okay. but i don't know i mean it, it, baby mo's is safe so yeah yeah at least we got an answer to that question mm-hmm. oh i think the only thing i wanted to say about that was was i sufficiently predictive on what would happen i, I thought for a, for, for a hot sec i was kind of like oh this isn't turning out exactly how i thought it would and oh daniel isn't really working out that it's charlie he wants to see but maybe he was by the end of it that's the thing that's what really gets me what do you think about my my prediction? I think we were all right about Daniel being on a mission. He was in search of someone that he cared about, but his brain wasn't telling him it was Charlie. He did recognize her eventually once Strand kind of was like, she means something to you. This is Charlie. And then we even hear Daniel say to Charlie, I'm seeing things much more clearly when I'm around you. So we even said Charlie was going to be the cure for Daniel's memory loss, too. And I, I think we called that yeah. one, too. Okay. I was a little shaky, too, because I was like, oh, it's not turning out exactly how I thought it would. But <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah. him thinking completely clearly. Yeah. I'll, I'll take I, the W on that. So much so that he goes downstairs and throws the shadiest shade at Luciana for lying to him. And I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do, too. But not so shady that he threatens her life. True. <laughs> so, true. Right. Well, that's good, though, because he I think at that moment he realized what she was doing. She wasn't lying to him out of malice. He was yeah. like, all right, I, I see what you did. Yeah, I see you, Lucy. You see and me, Lucy. let's <laughs> let's take that two steps further. Let's take the first step is Charlie doesn't have that much life left left to live. I'm going to have to learn to live with you, Lucy. But here's the next step. I think there's a part of him that kind of secretly respects Lucy for what she did, too. In a way, like maybe not immediately, but she gave him the motivation he needed, even though it was in the worst possible way. It worked. And Daniel, yeah. like you said, Daniel's not trying to kill her for it. So I think it yeah. worked out. I, it worked out. I don't want this to be over, though. I want them to continue having this thread a little bit throughout the last remaining episodes, though, too. I, I want them to still have some sort of beef or working this out, too, because I want Lucy to have episodes, too. Like, True. oh, okay. we got our Lucy yeah. episode. Two, let's, let's season nine. We'll have a Lucy, another Lucy. Ep- see, Fair. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I want this to have effects kind of like Howard should pay for his thing. Strand should have faced the consequences. There have to be consequences to actions. The reason why Strand doubles down is because he doesn't want to face the consequences like Will willingly does to Alicia's Alicia's threats or Alicia's wanting him to put her down, him to be the one to put her down too. Mm. He's okay. He's a perfect example of living up to your promises. Wes left <laughs> over Lucy's lie. And then ultimately Daniel was fine with it. He's like, eh, I see what you did. So did yeah, Wes and die for no reason. Like no, what? Should he have stayed? Should he have stayed with Lucy and Daniel? What's great about that question is that you had choices. You just made the wrong ones, Wes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You were in control of your actions. You decided to do the wrong thing for the wrong reason. You knew it was wrong. His decision to leave Lucy and Daniel or his decision once he got to the to tower? To kill other people. Yeah. Yeah. But you See, can make a lot works. of excuses. I think that he to, was to doing do... in the name of the tower, right? Like, I'm here to survive. Yes. And here's what I have to do to do that. The wrong choice he made was leaving Lucy and Daniel at all. Because it led him to this place where he would justify anything for the tower. But mm-hmm. also, like, okay, you even in the tower, even if you do things in service for the tower, 
if you're just doing the wrong things over and over and over again in the name of something that you could say is justified, well, how many wrong things are you willing to do? And Wes is willing to do all of them. He's willing to go further than Victor. But as you're doing it, as you're doing it, you're not telling yourself it's wrong. You're telling yourself it's necessary. Right. But objectively, you have a choice, which is why she's so aghast at Victor for what he feels like he has to do to Wes. Yeah. But Victor knows. I'm not saying I'm not mad at what Victor does. It's complicated, Victor. Mm -hmm. But Victor sums it up and says he was going to kill you. He was not going to stop. I was with this guy for the last however many days it was for you to until you got here. He was not going to stop. Right. Because he I still had think choices. It was the right choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, so the bottom line, Wes kept making the choices. It's not like they were made for him. So Wes did not die for nothing. Wes died because he made decisions. He just made too many of the wrong ones. Yeah. Too many. At some point, you, you have to realize that, okay, the killing is only going to get you thus far. And what was it all for? Yes, survival. But <laughs> you're going to continue down this path and pe- eat people off roofs? Shit, man. Man, you're just, you're just as bad as your brother. Oh, Wes, Ooh. you can't come back to, to hit back at me. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> but I love Colby Holman. Let's just, okay, let's take a moment to say congratulations, Colby Holman. You fucking nailed it. You nailed it. Good job, I man. loved your character from start to fucking finish. The fact that I'm like, oh, Wes, oh, what did you do? Is because I liked you so much. So mm-hmm. and Sharon just said he went down that bad choice road, which makes me very scared for Kim, lol, from... Better Kim call Wexler. Saul. Yep. Yeah, Kim Wexler. Yep. So with that, everybody, if you like what you heard, all this nasty shit that we keep saying, saying no, about we people. Had, we, we had, like, pretty good things to say, I think. I mean, this we like this episode. Yeah. This was a great episode. <laughs> no, we, and I'm excited for the next one. For the next one. Yes. yes exactly. Yes. So if you like if you like what we've discussed, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Five stars and eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. But use it as a platform to tell us what we got right, what we got wrong. But use it after every episode, please. Please. Because it helps. It gives us visibility. Gives us a means to communicate with you. And we will post on it, post your review on social media, even if it sucks. <laughs> but if you really like us. And we think that we give you something that other podcasts in the Walking Dead universe don't give you. Consider following us and nothing else on ko-fi.com slash squawking dead when you do you'll know when we record so that you can jump in without having to give a single cent to us because we want your feedback more than anything else but we want to do it in a way that we can control (laughs) but when you follow us you'll know when we record when we drop our unedited episode recordings if you can't make those recordings and when you decide to at some point tip us for 30 days of access for our supporter back content or join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month you'll have the inside track at least in our discord and if not the ability to see those lock posts to get those unedited episode recordings to get our ringtones to get our wallpapers to get all the things that you're entitled for keeping us on this journey because again it is not about the money it's about a signal some would say a beacon <laughs> for us to know that we're on the right track and that you want more of what we're dishing out and with that everybody i'm your host david cameo and i was joined by cosmom09 rachel burt and Sharon D, a.k.a. Blazy Gardner, who had to dip out early because of technical issues. But we love her and she's in the chat. Take care, everybody. We'll see you in the next one. It's looking pretty exciting. And I may even have a special guest to break this down with us. Somebody who's been a Fear the Walking Dead booster since the very beginning. And who is just like us, has continuously apologized for Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> throughout. I'm hoping to set, set that up because here's the thing. We're going to be at the camp during what would normally be our breakdown time. So we'll see what happens. We may record at the camp, but I would really like it. Maybe if we could get that episode down before we leave for the camp so we don't have to deal with that shit. We'll talk about it in the meantime. Do all the things, like all the videos, comment on our stuff, and we'll see you, excitingly, for episode 15, the penultimate episode of season 7. Take care. See you soon. Bye. See you at the camp. See you at camp. Take care. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for making it to the end of this episode, 193 which covered episode 14 of Fear the Walking Dead 7th season titled Divine Providence. This episode would not have been made possible without the support of our tier members at ko-fi.com slash Dead. We talk about it enough on the podcast. We bleed into it. We talk about it on social media. We do special things with it. And all we're asking is not for your support in terms of tips or joining membership tiers all we ask is that you follow us so that you're in the know about the behind the scenes things that happen at squawking dead so when you follow us you'll know when we record you'll know when our unedited episode recordings drop early way earlier than the finished product as you're hearing it right now and our survivors tier members whom get first dibs at credits at the end of these episodes are as follows X, at X Prophecy Girl on Twitter and Ain't My First Rodeo on Instagram. That's Bridget. At Jasmine.iac on Instagram. At Real Ryan GM on Twitter. At Eliza Jones 71 on Instagram. And of course, FanArtLindy, who is at ko-fi.com slash FanArtLindy, who will be joining us at the camp uh, in a couple days. And we'll be meeting here for the first time. And if you haven't seen or heard it already, you can watch our TWD, TWD Family Branches segment, an interview that we do with fellow TWD family members who have influence in the community and who make up our lovely TWD family, our little cousins in the family tree. And uh, that is, and I'm going to get you the episode number now so you can actually listen and watch it. Uh, it is episode 143 TW Family Branches Linda Peck Athens so check that out and also let's not forget our whispers tier members who get second dibs in the credits as a perk of the mid tier and those are uh, J13 Voorhees on Instagram and Twitter at Tyler Philip Cox on in- Instagram and Twitter Sandy.D.Morrison on Facebook at Frosted Angel 67 on Twitter, at Aiden the Raven on Twitter, and at Judith.Morton on Instagram. Thank you so much, all of you in the credits uh, who support us monthly and keep this ship straight. And you could be one of those members too if you, well, you know what to do. I'm not going to bother you with that. And of course, if you've reached this far and you haven't rated us at ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead, consider it because it really really helps with our visibility it really helps join the family together if you may not think so but it does and if you rate us we will 
put your rating on social media. Just leave your socials in the rating and I will take care of the rest. I've been your host, David Cameo, and I was joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, and Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner. And I cannot wait to break down the next episode with you. It's already broken down already. All you need to do is head over to ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead and download it today because we had to record it really quickly before the camp. So you have the opportunity to get the next episode early by doing what? Well, you know what to do. ko-fi, ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. Head over there. You can get it now. And we have a special, special guest joining us for that episode to help us break break it down and make more sense out of it than we would have otherwise. Take care. We'll see you soon. And uh, it's it's a swift road to the season finale of Fear the Walking Dead. And it's feeling bittersweet, folks. Feels like the end, doesn't it? We'll see you soon. We'll talk about it and we'll help you through the process together.